1: This week in League, Mal Meninga's been targeted to join the Rats and the Filth in North Queensland.
2: James Tamau proves yet again he's a multitasker. First sex and texting, now drinking and driving.
1: The Illawarra Cutters dropped their underperforming Rockstar 5'8 to the lowest standard of rugby league possible.
2: And we preview all of the action for round 14 of the 2013 NRL season. All that
1: and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 124 of this week in league. on oh, am and I'm Glenn. So feedback. This feedback thing is becoming sensational. I mean, there are people who are who are loving loving the um, the stories about the old players, loving the Trevor Colger stuff, and well, I mean, who wouldn't
2: know. love who? What sort of fucking heathen? What sort of soulless, heartless, poor excuse for a human being?
1: Wouldn't love a Trevor Cogger story. Or Cogger facts, or fucking pretty much anything. And speaking about... Anything anything containing the word Cogger? Speaking of containing the word Cogger, and this is something that I actually had on my notes to talk about in the Origin Rap, but I uh, forgot. His son, I believe, played for New South Wales under-16s. He's
2: probably got about 14 sons, Trevor
1: Cogger. As a curtain raiser to to the main Origin game. And New South Wales won by... Fucking plenty to nil. Mm. I haven't seen the team sheet. I haven't seen who scored the points. But I'm willing to bet that uh, Cogger... It was, was Jack p- Cogger, wasn't it? Jack, Jack? Cogger, I believe Young Jack is his Cogger. Name. I would believe that, uh, that Jay Cogger was probably the only point scorer in the game. I don't know this for certain, because I, I honestly, I haven't seen the, the uh, score the score sheet. But I'm pretty sure he would have scored all the tries and kicked all the goals.
2: Look, I, I commend the kid. I commend the kid for taking time off from his training to be a god in the future. He's probably a little bit young to be the god, but he's in training, he's doing should, his apprenticeship. at least
1: wait until fucking Trevor's in the ground,
2: right? Well, that's very true, but you, you would imagine the, batons, the baton is going to be passed at some point. The kid's taking time off from his god training uh, to carve up for New South Wales' uh, state of origin.
1: And so really, I mean... You think it's seven in a row, you know, and, and potentially, you know, eight in a row thing for Queensland is a thing. Mm. Fucking Jay Cogger's in the house. There's going to be entire generations of fucking Queenslanders yeah. in a Where do you years see years. the
2: headlines that say Cogger in a row? Exactly. I don't know what that means. That makes absolutely no sense, but it sounds impressive.
1: It means like probably 15 seasons in a row, 15 series in a row. And you'll flip back, you'll jump back then because you'll be like, oh, I can fucking jump, I can latch on this Cogger thing.
2: I can definitely do it. And when you think of Cogger, you do think of, of you know, long streaks. Yeah. Of losing, generally. Yeah. Because he did spend his entire career with the Western Suburbs so Magpies. But long
1: streaks, nonetheless. The Sun's the anti-Cogger at this stage. <laughs> now, speaking speaking of uh, well, the origin thing, um, <clears throat> tonight... You know who else I used to love? Sorry to cut you off. No, go for it. Rod yeah. Petherbridge.
2: <laughs> Why? He was a very attractive man back in the day for starters. Um I remember he ca- he came into first grade and he had the tape around the tape around the head. Yeah. He was playing fullback, quite a heavy set kid. And, well, I say kid, I was fucking eight at the time or whatever. And uh there was a little bit of hype around him, this Rod Peth. He didn't have a lot of players with a lot of hype around him at Western Suburbs.
1: they <laughs> no, 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 pretty sure pretty pretty quick to of the manly anyway. <laughs>
2: And uh I oh, just remember he uh he had some good games but one in particular I remember was uh Saturday afternoon ABC football with Ron Warren Boland. Um, Bigardi. Don't remember Bigardi
1: on there. Didn't he used to do like sideline or like, uh Did he? Like the, the co-commentator thing? Fuck me real. He decent did decent sideline in Artie's walking it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the definition of a fucking short blindside when he was walking down.
2: May god rest his soul. <laughs> um Rod, Rod Petherbridge carved up Western Suburbs, playing against Parramatta Reels, who were premiers. Western Suburbs at a first game ever at Arana Park, as it used to be known. Now known as Campbelltown Sports Stadium. Uh, Rod Petherbridge, I'm pretty, score,
1: pretty sure he scored a hat trick. Someone will let us I'm, know. Someone I'm, will let us know. I
2: have a uh, a rugby league almanac of uh, that particular season of. of uh, when he, when he scored... What, sorry, when he played that brilliant game. And uh, look, the likes of P. P Sterling, uh, R. Price, M. Cronin, who I think actually retired the, the year before, they were probably sitting in the stands watching,
1: marvelling... Involved in at, some way, anyway. Rod Petherbridge. If not physically, in spirit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the moral of the story is, Rod Petherbridge, John Bilberger, Jeez Alan Christ. Feller. I mean, the... The loop Pato Doherty later in the later years. Have you seen have you ever seen Pato Doherty's nose? Uh, probably. <laughs> it's been broken I reckon, give or take, and I'm gonna go conservative here eighty four times. All right. He looks like UFC fighter, like Randy Couture's nose, only worse. Yeah, his nose isn't that bad considering
1: the the beatings he's taken to at oh. times.
2: Anyway, that's my uh, reminiscing of Western Suburbs <coughs> Magpies legends. Because John Bilberger. who who the fuck has ever remembers John Bilberger's yeah, name? Yeah, that one, that one. Uh, I've that got
1: a photo, that's a, a big Suburbs. photo. That's it, a Western Suburbs Magpies. I'm going to have to
2: dig one. the photo of me and Johnny Bilberger in the dressing sheds after one of these games
1: at Arana Park. The honour was probably all his. You're probably, probably, more, you're probably more famous than him.
2: <laughs> I suspect I probably was. He was he. Glenn Blakely, future rugby league podcast phenomenon. Sit on my lap. <laughs> Sit on my lap.
1: We'll Who's processing. your daddy? Yeah, we'll I processing. kept telling but <laughs> he kept on asking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that went to a dark fucking place. Um, <laughs> Didn't it? What? I was just going to say. Generally speaking, apart. when we when uh, we do the show, you uh, you know this is, hasn't been an always thing, but this season especially, you've been constantly in the uh, Lance Armstrong-ish West Tigers jersey, the yellow yes. Tour de France looking. Lance Armstrong jersey. Yeah, got ya. Tonight, mm. for po- perhaps the first time this season, very possibly the first time this season, you're not wearing that jersey. No, and I just think it's fucking hilarious that tonight you're wearing like the Iron Man Queensland top. Yes, and a, and a Queensland hoodie. Yes, I am. Um, I think it's hilarious that <laughs> the Tigers win this week the and Queensland you don't wear lost. a Tigers jersey, and you wear <laughs> so to so to keep the spirit alive. You wear the wear paraphernalia with the team that lost. I just it's wanted, what the, I do. Was that it's conscious, what or, I or is just because this is brand new and you wanted to get it out there? And-
2: oh, look, it's brand new. It was um, the first thing I grabbed. I generally yep. went to the cupboard. I was running a little bit late, as you probably noticed. Um, and I actually had had my uh, white Western uh, Western Suburbs. I want to say Western Suburbs. Uh, West Tigers jersey on uh, yesterday, so that was in the wash, and I had. The, as you call it, Lance Armstrong jersey on, on uh, Sunday. Ah,
1: oh, okay. It was the game jersey.
2: Mm. And uh, chucked it on when I got home from uh I was out, so I had to uh, watch the game. Mm-hmm. Chucked it on and then ended up, ended up sleeping in it. <laughs> so impressed was I with uh-huh. the performance. Um, so that was in the wash as well. Your wife is a patient woman. Sorry. Your wife is a patient woman. She's really not. She's really, really not. <laughs>
1: no, she seems. But nevertheless, she seems to let a lot of shit fly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just unbelievable. So, okay, that's the story while we were in Queensland stuff. Mm. Now, um, emails like uh, the, the feedback stuff's been going gangbusters. Just a quick shout out to Gavin Rennick who sent us a a sound file not rugby league related but um you may have seen it on YouTube about the coach um absolutely giving it to the to the Aussie rules. Team that he coaches, and um, and anyone who's seen it would really would remember the stuff where he talks about you know the ch- the lollies and the bananas and the solo and you know from to shove the <laughs> shove the fucking solo up their ass, hilarious. We just we listened to it again before we started the show tonight, and let me tell you, if it's a good show tonight, it's probably a hundred percent to do with the fact that we're pissing ourselves laughing at that guy yeah. like going spastic on his kids. And if if you haven't if you haven't heard it before, you know let us know, I mean, I'll throw it on. Yeah, maybe I'll throw it on after the credits of the show tonight. So there you go. Look forward to the end of the show. Um, now. Actual emails though, we got a couple this week, um, we got one from, we won't we won't go last name, we got, we got one from Abby, who's up in Cairns, a uh, Cowboys supporter, and he's sent us uh, an email uh, regarding the gallon thing and the fights and everything, so here we go, in the latest episode you said if Queensland had won the game, the fight would have been a non-issue with most people, maybe that's true for the media, but not for me. I think fist fights have no place in a game of footy. It's completely unacceptable and I want the powers that be to put a stop to it. If an accidental dangerous tackle gets you penalised, how can four deliberate punches to the head be tolerated? The ref did the right thing, I think, by putting it on report and continuing the game. But I would like to see a post-game promise to end the NRL career of any player who ever does it from now on. There are police all over the place. If a fistfight breaks out in the crowd, they'll arrest the guy immediately and take him to jail overnight, then charge him with assault a month later. I think the same should happen to players. You throw a punch, you're handcuffed and taken to jail immediately, and then charged. If the court finds you guilty, or if you plead guilty, I think you should be banned from playing professional-grade football for the rest of your life, just like you should be for beating up your girlfriend or taking performance-enhancing drugs.' I really think it has no place in the game and is a disgrace. We are a civilized country. We should be able to have an honest and properly physical game of footy without any fights. If Gallon has a problem with someone's tackling technique, he should be able to complain post-game and it should be reviewed and dealt with appropriately. I'm glad he wasn't sin bin though. Then Queensland might have scored a couple of tries in the first 10 minutes of the second half. I want Queensland to win by playing good football, not because of penalties. This game we played like shit. New South Wales is in the best form I've ever seen, although perhaps a bit dirty. I noticed T- Slater taking out several times when he wasn't carrying the ball. Did the ref miss it or just ignore it? Love the show. Abby. So, Glenn.
2: Abby, love your support of the show, mate. Thanks very much for taking the time to send your email. Clearly fired up. Clearly yep. fired up about the incident, as is his right. Um. I probably don't agree with some of the sentiment about banning players for life for throwing punches. I don't think it's real. Um, it's a great look, but I probably don't agree with a lot of the... The general feel of the media is is think of the children, and I think if, if your kid goes to footy on a Saturday morning and um, and punches other kids in the face because he saw Paul Gallon do it, he probably failed as a parent. Um I do like his point in the fact that if a fistfight breaks out in the crowd, then it is severely dealt with, yet, you know, you step over the, the line and, and it's perfectly acceptable on the football field. And there's something we said for that, but I probably don't um, agree with, you know... the the. I agree that, you know, they should be punished, and, and you know, fighting probably um, shouldn't really have a big place in the game. They seem to... Uh, it, it makes its way into highlight reels of origin games and the Brookie Brawl and, and stuff like that when there's there's so many more positive and uh you know more family friendly uh highlights to show for Rugby League. But um you know, there's a lot of people, you know, before the uh the Brookie Brawl and, and certainly some of the the recent biffs in Origin people were saying the game's gone a bit soft and they wanted to see a bit of biff but they see this happen with Gallon and Miles and mm-hmm. And, and everyone's up in arms about it. So uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, again, probably don't agree with uh, the the severity of, of the penalties, et cetera, But um, you're obviously a passionate dude.
1: Yep. And obviously, I mean, I, I, I said the Queensland. Well, that was me. That said the Queensland won the game. The fight would have been non-issue with most people. And that's and that and, and and you know I stand by that 100%. and I think that is 100% right. Because I said most. I didn't say everybody. I said most people. Mm. And I think judging you know, what we've seen. Out there, and given that you know we're on Twitter a lot, and you know we we chat to a lot of people through a week, and Facebook as well, that is the that is the general sentiment. And I think things like, yeah, you know, I think he started off very well. I think some good points there, very very good points to start with about you know dangerous tackles and blah blah blah, and you know correlating to that, but you know handcuffing a player and taking them immediately to jail.
2: Yeah, like I said, he's he's fired up and he's a passionate guy. Look, let's be honest. In the heat of battle on a footy field, yeah. if I was in an altercation and someone shoved me and got in my face, yeah. I'd probably start swinging punches toward their head too. So it's yeah. hard for me to hate on Paul Gallen too much. Because put in that position, if I was a professional athlete um, in a uh, testosterone field, um, full contact, combat, you know, not so much a combat sport, but a, a physical sport, yeah. um, I probably would have done the same thing. Half yeah, a minute hate on the guy too much. Yeah, and I
1: mean, there's also, you know, there's, there's you know, like 80, 80 plus thousand people there, you know, cheering on as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's very difficult to put yourself in the position of someone. One thing I don't
2: agree with is a lot of people saying, you know, comparing, saying, oh, you shouldn't let your kids watch UFC if you're going to let them watch the, the rugby league brawl. I'm like... the. And it's an argument I've made at home as well. Nicklin's probably not a big fan of letting Jackson watch the UFC. Yeah. Um, admittedly, the kid's five. Yeah. Um, but these guys are professional athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they actually compete in a combat sport. It's what they do, and it's heavily regulated. And, and not and, to mention
1: it's actually martial arts, which is pro, in all probability is probably better discipline and better role models than... Absolutely. ...than the players.
2: Yeah. So um, I probably don't... I definitely don't agree with that argument. Um, you know, you can't just drag in, um, you know, the UFC into the argument uh, because of some of the, the st- stigma and stereotype that that sport's had to deal with... Um, as it's become the most popular, you know, one of the most popular and certainly the fastest growing sport on the planet. So, yeah, yeah, those sentiments I don't agree with either.
1: Yeah, I mean, Killer watches, you know, he watches UFC. He's not 100% really that interested in it, but he'll watch it now and then. Mm. And, you know, then he thinks he does jiu-jitsu and he thinks jiu-jitsu is playing UFC. And, you know, he's never hit a kid in his entire life. Mm. And uh, I don't think he will.
2: Jackson and I muck around a little bit. Yeah. Um, You know, just a little bit of shadow boxing and playful um, he's developed a decent leg kick. Um, I don't know. He always manages to get his leg around the back of my calf and just give me a bit of a cork. Yeah. He's he's got a cracking little. I think that comes from soccer. He's got a fair bit of power yeah. in his in his leg and um. No matter how hard I try, he drills it in the back of my calf and not very happy about it. So maybe we should be in UFC.
1: And not to mention, you only train like you know your biceps and bench press and stuff like that too.
2: Well, I'm carved out of granite as far as the uh, body goes. Yeah. Um we should call you Glenbra. <laughs> Fucking please! Have a my legs. Perfectly proportionate everything except my head.
1: <laughs> okay, and finally, this is sensational. A couple of days later, I think it was yesterday, or maybe, um, maybe the day before. I think it was yesterday. Though, got an email from uh, Stephen Bonaventura, who, um, brother of Michael, brother of Michael, I believe. Boner, as we like to call it. Yeah, and and sent sent a sensational email. Hey there, boys. So I was listening to your podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I think it might have been, you know, they brought up the name Paul Carriage. It was one of us. Well, it like, would have been you. well, like an acid flashback, I began to remember my encounter with it, somewhat forgetful, for obvious reasons, Eels fullback. To give you some background of this story, I need to take you back to 1998 and that faithful day against the Dogs where he single-handedly, as quoted by Sterlo, made some of the dumbest moves i ever seen in the game of rugby league. <laughs> Having a good friend of mine who's a diehard Eels fan sitting next to me at that time made this display of mind snapping all that much funnier. Fast forward to 2009 and I was teaching physical education at a school in the Logan area where I was contacted by a gentleman who shared the same name as the blundering fullback. This poor carriage was a physical education teacher who worked at the Youth Detention Centre out of Wacol. He was contacting me to see if my Open Rugby League team wanted to come out and play their team. After much discussion, mostly about the safety of my boys, we came to an agreement we'd set up a game. Just as I was about to hang up, I asked him if he was in fact the poor carriage that played fullback in the Eels in the late 90s. There was a pause on the other end, and finally, with the most exhausted and disappointing tone you could possibly hear from any man, he reluctantly replied, yes. <laughs> I wanted to ask you a million questions about that game, like, do you suffer from post-traumatic stress? when you see someone kick a field goal bomb or cross kick but out of respect to a man that I could feel may have slipped back into suicide watch I left it at that I immediately called my diehard eel supporter friend which he replied you should have kicked the fuckhead in the nuts <laughs> I thought you boys might get a laugh out of that cheers for all the work and effort you put in each week and keeping me up to date over here in Canada so that was the first email and I'm like that's epic, but I've got to know. Did the game go ahead? How did it go? Did you meet him? You know, I had all these questions for him. So then he replies. So many questions. So then he replies to me, you know, sort of probably about uh, eight hours later. It should mean the game. It sure did, but fuck me, it was pretty scary for our boys. We had to get ready in a secure room and they would only let us take two water bottles out to the field area in case the inmates could use something as a weapon or sneak it back into the main area. We were under watch by the guards at all times when we were getting ready. Walking out onto the field was like a scene from The Longest Yard. <laughs> Kids were yelling out from the dormitory areas from behind barred windows like we were fresh meat. True story.
2: Oh my God. We started
1: off well and led at time, but in the second half we fell apart. I think it was the intimidation factor of some of the boys on the hole team that scared our guys shitless in the second half. Some of my guys came away saying they were verbally threatened with sexual violence, which I can understand any 16-year-old boy would find disturbing. Makes you think now what Nate Miles was actually saying to Gallon last Wednesday night. <laughs> Mr. Paul Carriage was a decent guy, actually. I didn't make mention of his career, but from what I can tell, if you wanted to disappear off the face of the earth to hide away from the likes of Peter Sterling and every Eels fans from the 80s right through to 2000, then the youth dissension centre at Wake was a good place to start. <laughs> <laughs> So that's. I don't
2: actually work far from there. That's, I wonder if he's still there. I might shoot down at lunchtime and have a chat. Shoot the breeze. Get him on the show. I wonder if you, even
1: even check out their website or whatever and just see if he's got like a staff list or something like staff directory. See if he's on there. But that's that is like got to be one of the best emails we've ever received It's fucking sensational. So um, so yeah, we did get a laugh out of it. Thanks, Steve. Okay, so, um, you know, the saga of the clock continues. But this week, it was refreshing. We didn't get a single complaint about the clock, so that's tremendous. So let's go straight into the... uh, Not one single fucking gronk that we can't stand mentioned the clock. Not Not one. Not Not one that's worth mentioning. Not at all. Not a single one. I can't think of a single one we got. So, the clock goes on. First story. Benny Elias on Paul Gallen. He said that that Paul Gallen should have been awarded an Order of Australian medal in yesterday's Queen's Birthday Honours list. Uh, He said, I was looking for his name in the paper when the list came out. I can't believe it's not there. He should have been awarded the Order of Australian medal for his services to New South Wales Rugby League. His decision to belt Miles was a landmark decision in Blues history.
2: Now, (laughs) if Paul Gallen had have belted a Tigers player whilst wearing a Cronulla jersey, Mm -hmm. let me just say, Benny Lysa's story probably would have been a little bit different.
1: Yeah, but he wasn't. So <laughs> it's funny. And like Benny is such a he's such a fucking troll. He really is. I mean, he's like trolling. He's he's trolling the, the West Tigers into bankruptcy as well as we speak. Or the Balmain. <laughs> or the Balmain half of it, yeah. So I mean, yeah. you, you make, his back so good. Um, Glenn Stewart said he's not ready for Origin, so he's told uh, Laurie Daly, look, you know, if you pick me, I'll do the job. But, um, you know, you probably shouldn't pick me, which I find hilarious because, in my opinion, he's not ready for first grade at the moment. So, um, you know, good one And, and uh, I don't have the article in front of me, but Tuvi said something along the lines of, look, you know, as far as defence is concerned, he's back to 100%, you know, and I would probably agree with that, although he still, you know, that also includes giving away a couple of penalties a game. Um, but, yeah, attack. Got nothing. Please don't pick him in the, US, in the New South Wales side if we want to win. End of story. Wow. Para Eels. The The cull. Just going to quickly go into this one because it happened probably the day after we put the show out last week. So um, it's, it's pretty old news by now. But uh, there's going to be a cull of about 12 players from the Eels. They've been told that um, there's a group of them that have been told that they're not wanted next year. And there's a group of them that are like, you know, if you play good, there's a chance. But I was, I, uh, the quote here says that our Eels staff also witnessed several players leave the meeting with red eyes. Were they pulling cones in there? Perhaps, but let's get to the players. Rennie so what Mature. was their point? They were crying. Oh, yeah, I think so. Huh. Rennie Matua, Ben Smith, Matt Keating, they're the highest profile ones, but also Willie Tonga. It's funny how Willie Tonga's not even high profile anymore. Hang on a second.
2: Willie Tonga doesn't make the high profile <laughs> no, list. No, that shows how far he's gone. And, and Matt Keating does. Yeah, yeah. Wow.
1: Uh, ben Roberts, Luke Kelly, Chase Blair, Daniel Harrison, Nathan Smith, Pato Hanlon, and Matt Ryan. I remember when Matt Ryan was awesome last year. For them. Really? Yeah. He did, I don't. Like, he'd get massive super coach scores every week. Daniel Harrison <laughs> left Manly <laughs> to go to Parramatta. Curse. Um, Willie Tonga, even he was still fine, like a st- a stalwart member of the Cowboys <laughs> club <laughs> when he left. And it was like, oh, shock, you know, Willie Tonga's gone down to Parramatta. Unbelievable. Yeah. And Ben Roberts, you know, we know he was okay with the doggies. Well,
2: look, you knew Nothing that, uh, you knew that. well, I don't know, Ben Roberts, he got a bit of a sweet deal with some of his teammates dragging him along. Yeah. Um. The times where he was there and was in charge of some of their attack. I think the Dogs were playing some of their worst football of their club's history. Um, yeah, power. Yep. Their recruitment, they've got some, some players coming next year, namely uh, Corey Norman and uh, Hopper Jr., if yep. he sees a deal if through. If he sees a deal through. Um, but fuck, there's some players to replace here. What have they got? Kids come through the 20s, left, right and centre. They've but, always had pretty strong juniors as far as getting the Harold Matthews and yeah. SG Ball sort of level. They don't always translate to fantastic first graders. But
1: I do applaud. I applaud Ricky though. I mean, at the like, end of the day, Parramatta coaches for years now have been you know dealing with failure and you know getting sacked for it mm. universally. Ricky Stewart's the first guy that's coming in years and like if my name's going to be fucking on you know if I'm the one on the line, yeah, then I'm at least going to.
2: Have the score yeah. that I want.
1: At least he's going to have the team that I, yeah, the, the coach that I want to have and get rid of these gronks because, you know, what, I don't know how many years he signed up for initially, but, you know, he's coming to the end of his first year. And so, yeah, he obviously, usually you get a first year grace period. You don't get fired. You won't get fired in your first year unless, say, oh, you know, you, but have, you have, to game. Yeah, they, they have to be pretty bad. Yeah, that has to be in flop. of 50 nil every single game to, get, to go out in the first year. But then the second year is when it all starts to happen. So it's good that he's, you know, kind of. Taking some sort of charge to, um, you know, I guess give himself no excuses when the time comes.
2: There's talk When's that the come? Tigers are going to end up with uh, Renny Matua, which is a move that I welcome. Not because, not just because I've got a serious man crush on Randy Matua, but well, I, I read still that think tweet.
1: To you, you almost poked me in the eye. Your, your boner fucking came out so quickly. If I didn't have such a small penis, you could have been in danger. Your little lipstick. Just you right would have had flip. to wear safety
2: glasses. <laughs> but <laughs> fortunately for you, I'm hung like a button mushroom. Um, but. uh I still think Rennie Matour's got a lot to offer. I think so too. I think he's playing good footy um, for Parramatta since he's come back. Um, and I, I think it's a little disappointing that he's he's on that list given how hard he's worked. And uh, he's, he's done the wrong, th- wrong thing in the past. He's paid his dues and he's come back and uh, he's, he's pl- playing some really good footy. Um, i tell you what, the players that are left behind are want to be playing pretty well if Rennie gets arsehole over them. So. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Remember when Matt Keating was a good one? He was a good Keating? Well they're both yeah. He's obviously <laughs> been he must have moved in with his brother or something and
1: Yeah, something. But yeah. So um you know it's sad for those players, but um phew, you know, it's a couple of those guys I think they struggled they'll struggle to get picked up somewhere else.
2: I be suspect be so, they might end up in England. Yeah, I'd say some of them line. might have some spectacular type managers and, and have some people that are good on the uh video editing. Might make their highlight reel
1: look pretty spectacular. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, that's that. Now, the main news for the week. James Tamau, his one hit this morning as we record the show. He will not contest a drink driving charge after he was allegedly caught almost four times over the legal limit, according to the Cowboys. He was pulled over in the Townsville suburb of North Ward about 3.30am on Monday, police said. Um... He was charged after recording an alcohol concentration of 0.197. He's been charged with unlicensed driving and driving under the influence of alcohol, and will appear in magistrate's court on July the second. Uh, uh, the Peter Jordan, the. Uh, Cowboys chief executive said that Tamo admitted to the club he had several drinks earlier in the night and would not contest the charge. Several? The Cowboys are extremely disappointed, as is James, in these events. Mr Jordan said in a statement, Statement. James is taking full responsibility for his actions and is very remorseful that he's put himself in his position. This is his first defence. He knows it's a serious one and he'll have to pay a penalty.
2: Several drinks is, is an understatement for a man of that size. We're and we're given he's yeah, a, a high... Um, a very high-level athlete, mm-hmm. um, his body fat percentage would be very, very low. Mm-hmm. So, his ability absorb, uh, of his body to absorb alcohol and burn it off and, and, and metabolise it and everything, yeah. Um, you know, he must have had a
1: fucking fair bit to drink—like two to three bottles of spirits. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> Honestly, I mean that's a fucking. That's <laughs> it, it, it. Boggles the mind. Twenty percent of his blood. <laughs> <laughs> was alcohol. <laughs> wow. When you think of it like that, <laughs> how fucking spastic must he have been when the cops mm. pulled him over?
2: And really, I've been to Townsville. It's a bit like Toowoomba. it's ten minutes anyway. Jump in a fucking cab. Walk one side the next half an hour. Drunk and type I mean Hey, it's Townsville, ride a fucking horse.
1: I remember when I was living Do
2: you get can you get done for drink horse yeah, riding? Yeah you can. Really? Yeah. yeah. Drunk yeah, on a horse. Yeah,
1: bicycle too, yeah, all that shit. Yeah. Skateboard probably if the cop was zealous enough. Really? Yeah.
2: Now, well, I guess it makes sense. I remember back. What if in... the horse is drunk?
1: Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not. A, I'm not an expert in animal law. <laughs> we should look
2: that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can don't... tell you about John Bilberger, but I can't tell you about yeah, horses being drunk.
1: Exactly. Well, I remember years ago, like you know, back in the days when alcohol, you know, when 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 clubs were fun places to be, and you know, you could get like six free drink vouchers and stuff, and just stockpile and piss and just get absolutely blind. I remember we used to, we'd go in the city, and uh, I was living at Ascot, and um. We just walk home afterwards. Like you just, you wouldn't think anything of it, and that's like probably what six k's, maybe something like that. I mean, it's not a massive distance or anything, but it feels like you've taken ten minutes. Yeah. So this,
2: I, mean, I remember back in the day. Yeah. When I was a young whippersnapper, just started uh, drinking. I, think I was twelve.
1: These just had kindy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, we used to. Uh, Catch the train into the city after work, and uh, there was a couple of mates that used to have to work late. So we'd go to uh, Sydney City RSL,
1: mm-hmm.
2: cheap ass drinks. Mm-hmm. And by the time my mates finished work, got changed and headed into the city, fuck, I was blind. And you could imagine I was a little bit obnoxious. They'd have to sort of babysit yeah. me around the city for the rest of the night and catch the last bus home. Yep. Yeah. Right, Those are the days. But you know what I did? Caught a bus. Didn't drive a car. We Up didn't here ride a horse at
1: a time when uh Lexington Queen existed. Just off the mall. I think now it's called Showgirls. Like you know, just
2: Oh no, Showgirls. Yeah, you know where that is. Yeah. There used to be a nightclub called Lexington Queen. Someone told me about it once.
1: Yeah. And um track marks everywhere. But there used to be a place called Lexington Queen it was a nightclub. And this is how this is how good the laws were back in the day, reminiscing. I had a mate who was going to TAFE at the time or something. And he came with this like a deck of card size wad of fucking free drink cards, six free drink card per card. Jesus! And so he's just like six fuck, per six, card, six per card. So he's fucking just dealing them out like he's fucking dealing out a hand of blackjack. And so, and so we, you could go. This is, I mean, this, there was no such thing as RSA back in back in those days, right? And this is this is like only in like the early to mid nineties. And so you'd go in there and you'd plonk down the six free drink. There wasn't like you know with purchase of six drinks or anything like that. It's just like you throw the card down and we go, what is it gonna be? Six vodkas. So they just go, duh, 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 and we just go on your marks, get set, go. How do they make money? Bam, bam. I guess once you think I mean he probably got this water vouchers. It probably wasn't like you know every Tafe kid was you know carrying around a fucking massive ward. So you know, you'd probably not, get the one but... here and there, you know, to kid you know, kick yourself off or whatever and then you'd have to be paying for your drinks. <laughs> but um once you mark it go bang 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 six. What do you want next time? Let's go to tequilas. Okay, ready, Marcus? Head, go! <laughs> it's just wow. crazy. After one of those nights, actually, once we were playing, um, we were playing pool, and uh, the other pair of guys playing against us had sunk everything, and they were on the black. And then I fucking ran the table. First and only time I've done it. I could barely fucking walk. Really? Yeah, I fucking cleaned it up. It's beautiful. I always become a better pool player when I've been oh, drinking, mate. One of one of the.
2: You just don't overthink it.
1: Without Straight a joke, into like, it, yeah, and you're trying and you're trying shit that you'd never do so because you're like the the fucking mathematical odds on it just don't happen. But you knock something else in, yeah, <laughs> you're like, exactly. you just keep going. Um, so
2: yeah, so how did we get to from James Tam out to? Well, we were telling us stories. We were, pool, telling, drunk. we were
1: telling stories about when we were point uh, one nine seven on <laughs> yes. the alcohol thing. If I can not, can tell
2: more. you one place I wasn't behind the wheel of a car. Absolute fucking douchebag to think that he was above. That sort of thing. Clearly, he was drunk and he wasn't thinking he wasn't in his right mind, but I've been seriously drunk yeah. in my time on yeah. a number of occasions. Not something I'm overly proud of, but never once have I got behind the wheel of a car. Exactly. Um, it can, basically, you know, you're driving a fucking
1: weapon of mass destruction at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, if you, if you or I were to do it and you'd hit someone, you've got a lot to fucking lose. Exactly. Football players got the same, except they can lose it more publicly yeah. and probably, lo- probably lose it a little bit more money too. A, a lot more <laughs> yeah. in his case. Yeah. Um,
2: you you know, another one of those cases where you, you just have to ask, what the fuck are they thinking?
1: Exactly. Okay, David May. Gold Coast Titans chief executive David May has sensationally quit less than a year after joining the NRL club, citing personal reasons. May tendered his resignation on Monday, effective immediately with club co-owner Daryl Kelly, to step in as interim CEO until a permanent replacement is found. It's been a tremendously difficult decision, but I have a number of personal issues I need to deal with here and at home in the UK over the next few months, May said. This will prevent me from being able to fulfill my obligations as CEO of the Titans. It's been a dramatic 12 months, but I'm tremendously proud of my work at the Titans. I'm enormously proud that we've eradicated the debt and the club is operating at a profit. May joined the club last July, replacing former manager, managing director Michael Searle to help dig the club uh, out of multi-million dollar debts. So. Was he pushed? Did he walk? What's the story? Well, it's understood that he's deteriorating relationship with executive director and majority shareholder... Michael Searle was a factor in his resignation. But you and I both know that is not the main reason. The main reason is, like Tom Greberg, looking at me, what has two thumbs and forces CEOs to resign through trolling on the internet and Twitter? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> oh, Manly might be coach killers, but I am CEO killers. Who's fucking next? Wow.
2: Get Are on Twitter, getting, CEOs. I, I don't think you took any credit for Stephen Humphreys, did you?
1: No, I never, I never had a set two with Stephen Humphreys, but I have with the other two, which is why I take the credit.
2: Fair enough. Kudos to you. Single-handedly wide-ending the Gold Coast Titans.
1: Yep, and David May shouldn't have fucking... He shouldn't have tweeted to me, talking shit, when that Jamie Lyon thing was happening. How fucking <laughs> dare he? He, well, I didn't even. I mean, I'm
2: pretty people sure are I, well within their rights to talk shit to you, Nathan. I, given sure the amount even, of shit
1: you talk. I'm pretty sure I didn't even include his Twitter handle. I think I just fucking might have said May, and then some. He might have been, you know, following some Titans fan who's then, you know, replied or something. Or he's maybe saying,
2: he's one of these fucking douchebags like Martin <laughs> <of> Fire.
1: <laughs> that looks for mentions of his <laughs> <that's> name searches <laughs> his own name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Probably. One wow. Of those. <laughs> Look, um, I wonder what David May's husband thinks about this, though. <laughs> She'll probably go do She's some more push him in half. She'll probably go do
2: some more push ups. Um <laughs> look, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes at the Gold Coast Titans, which is probably um, let's say, less desirable uh than, than what they would have people believe. Suboptimal. So so, yes. <laughs> let's have that. Um Searle runs a uh, a pretty seedy sh- Yeah, a pretty crooked ship at times. I remember when he was uh, like the guy, believed- he
1: was gonna be like the commissioner Exactly. Sort of um
2: you just never know what has led that uh, decision. He, he's obviously done a pretty good job in the time that he's been there, uh, Say for his set two with you on Twitter, but um, I'm sure he regrets that. And, I'm, I'm and sure, his botched handling
1: know. of the Jamie Lyons situation,
2: <laughs> which is what causes the set two with me. Well, yeah, well, I sort of lumped all that in together. But uh, um, pretty successful guy. No doubt he'll, uh, he'll go on and... and into another business venture and uh, and and be just as successful. But twelve months in the job,
1: you would think he he would have given it. They would have given him a, a longer crack at it than that. Well, no, I just, that's the thing. I don't think he was actually like. You know, I don't think it was like resign or you're you're going to get axe thing. I just think that Michael sell must have been just making life so difficult for him mm. there that he's just like fuck this. I'm out of here. Yeah, that's more more to the point. I think. Fair enough. Okay. So, Jamie Soward, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Jamie Soward is set to make a shock defection to the UK Super League for the remainder of this year. St. George Illawarra have given Soward their blessing to finish the season elsewhere, and it uh, looks like this week he'll be applying for a British work visa. His manager, sorry, his agent, sorry, Sam Ayub, last night confirmed talks with several... UK Super League clubs, had commenced over the weekend and he's hopeful of finalising a short-term deal within the next three or four days. He declined to reveal which clubs were interested, but it appears certain Saab will now take an English sojourn before joining Penrith on a four-year deal in November. We've been looking at options both here in the NRL and England. We feel it would be good for Jamie to start afresh in England before he returns to Penrith. There are several Super League clubs showing interest to have Jamie on board for the rest of this year. It is likely he'll continue to train with the Dragons and play for the New South Wales Cup feeder side Illawarra Cutters until he gets the green light to depart. As former West Tigers playmaker Jacob Miller discovered, uh, UK work visas can take several weeks to be processed.
2: Wow! So you go. Hasn't he had a fall from grace,
1: <laughs> Jamie Soward. It always happens with Jamie Soward. The though, toast I mean, of Cogra in two thousand and ten. Yeah, but he was also he was also you know left East mid-season in you know two thousand and seven mm. or whenever it was to join the Dragons in the first place. Dude can never he always overstays his welcome by six months. I think.
2: <laughs> I think he's 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 got a bit of a history. Um, obviously, he sees Gus as a, as a similar figure to, to Wayne Bennett, which is the type of person which is, is traditionally got the best out of him. Um, and I don't know what he hopes to achieve out of going to England for six months.
1: You know what, he's playing in a shit competition, get his confidence back, carve up the palms for a while... <laughs> Mate, feel come back feeling like he can, he's, he's a football player. But his his confidence
2: is rice-paper-thin. Like, his yep. confidence at its absolute peak. Yeah. I mean, if you look at last season and certainly into this season, it's not like it's hung around for very long. They won the comet 2010.
1: Yeah, but this one's only six months, a little, little injection of confidence, and he can come back, excel in his first season with Penrith, and then, you know, start the inevitable decline. Oh, I, and I reckon... ...way through year three. He's come. He's going to Penrith on a big money deal. There's
2: a fair bit of hype around it. Um, if they don't fire to start the season, the knives will be out for him. He'll be mentally fragile. He'll be. Uh, he'll be a Windsor Wolf by
1: June. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's it just it looks absolutely madness the deal that he's on when he goes to Penrith. Absolutely madness, based on current performance, recent performance, and past performance. Because let's say the best. I think the best was three years ago. Jamie sees Gus
2: as a as a. As I just said, as a Wayne Bennett type figure, obviously Gus, Gus sees Gus.
1: Yeah, as a Wayne Bennett type yeah, figure. Yeah, Gus isn't Gus isn't his day to day guy. It's clear he's got to worry about.
2: Yeah, it. that's true. But he, you know, he needs that guy behind the scenes. You know, pumping up, pumping up his tyres. Um,
1: if and, fucking Penrith are going to turn on Luke Lewis, yeah, legendary club man, who never did a fucking thing wrong. Yeah. What are they going to do to this guy who makes you know, attitude wise? He makes, he makes Michael Jennings look like Luke Lewis. Yeah. And they turned on Michael Jennings. So, I mean, I don't think... I think it's a strange yeah. one. It's a strange one. There's no doubt about
2: it. I I don't know. Six months in limbo, playing in England. You know, who's to say he
1: gets over there and, and doesn't do a mad orphan in England either? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Benny Barber, his future at Canterbury is not yet guaranteed beyond this season with the reigning Dalian medalist mm-hmm. featuring in recruitment talks with two Queensland clubs... Both the Gold Coast and Brisbane have been sounded out over their willingness to sign Barber from the Bulldogs in 2014. Officials from all three clubs were uh, yesterday tight-lipped about negotiations. The move north will only stand a chance if Canterbury convince Israel Folau to return to Rugby League. Um, Outgoing Gold Coast CEO David May denied any knowledge of his club being approached, with Bulldogs counterpart Todd Greenberg giving the same answer. Brisbane Chief Executive Paul White and Recruitment Manager Andrew G did not return calls. With hour tipped to command in excess of $750,000 a season, the Bulldogs cannot accommodate both him and Barber under the salary cap. Several forces have earmarked Barber as the player to make way for the Wallaby squad member should the ARU and Waratahs fail to extend Falau's one-year rugby dalliance. The first is Barber's current contract value. He signed a four-year extension midway through 2011 when he was on the cusp of being dropped to New South Wales Cup. The deal reflected his standing at that time, but appears paltry within just 12 months after he was crowned the game's top player. Uh, despite Barber's off-field behaviour and subsequent suspension causing Canterbury plenty of heartache earlier this year, the 23-year-old's management believes he's underpaid. So following his discharge from a two-week stint in rehab, they held meetings with Greenberg to request an upgrade. As yet, the Bulldogs have refused to oblige, but recent form, hollowed by a two-try effort on the weekend against the Cowboys, indicates he is capable of igniting their run to the finals. But a move to the Gold Coast would give Barber the chance to link with Brother Marvin, and the Titans have also cleared $1 million to spend on recruitment.
2: Look, I don't... Uh, I I don't see... If there's no truth to the, to the whole rumour that has been engulfing the Bulldogs this year, yeah. if there's absolutely no truth to it, then there's absolutely no way Barber leaves the Bulldogs. Um, and if If he makes way yeah to to make room for Israel for then clearly everything that's been said about what what's going on at the Bulldogs and I'm not going to go over the old ground um obviously where there's smoke there's fire yeah. okay. you know why would you get rid of the guy that's won the dalian medal within one season he's going to make way for israel for Lao doesn't something. Something's up there. I don't really see that happening. Um, and if it does, then, like I said, I, I think all the rumours are true and then some. And um, Des wants what Desi wants. Well.
1: And now he's pushed, you know, it's, it's funny. What a weird team. Me and Desi, a combination from different angles, have pushed Greenberg out. <laughs> and so now he's got, you know, open season over the head office.
2: You never really know what's going on in there. They do play. Uh, play within a pretty close shop there. And, you know, I, I think it'd be a damn shame to see Ben Barber play anywhere else but the Bulldogs, um, you know, they were the guys that gave him his chances and his opportunities to to, ex, to excel. And, and he's taken those opportunities with both hands and, and they've certainly stood by him during his troubles earlier this year. And um, for him to be asked out of the club would be fairly disappointing, but, and especially make way for Israel Folau, which doesn't really play his position. Yeah. Um, you know, is Israel going to play fullback? Is that the plan?
1: He's playing a bit who of fullback
2: knows. at the Waratahs. Who knows, who knows. Different position in rugby league. But very different,
1: very different. The funny um, thing is they talk about Gold Coast giving him a chance to link with his brother Marmon. Well, I mean, that's not like Gold Coast, that's more like playing for Tweedheads or yeah. something like that. I, mean, I,
2: I don't yeah. see that as being a factor for, for Ben Martin Barber. It's going to turn a first grader all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I don't see that as as a factor in, in where Ben Barber's going to play football next season, the Broncos would be the most likely. If he was going to move on from yep. the from the Bulldogs, then going a high-profile club with lots of cash to splash it around. Make, he does make Betty's. a ready-made
1: replacement for when I was prepared to open the pocketbook to get uh, Dugan as well.
2: Yeah, exactly right. And, um, you know, there's a spot there. They're crying out for a superstar, the Broncos. And... Um, yeah, but that's, that,
1: but that's Lockie, but he's not listening. He's like,
2: Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> no, it'd be sleeping. interesting to see how that one plays out. Um, you know, there's been, the Bulldogs have gone to great lengths to, to dispel the rumours and, um, you know, it's hard to argue with the facts and if, if he leaves the club, then, you know, there's obviously something to it.
1: Recaps. Okay. The first one, uh, Friday Night Football. Strange choice of Friday Night Football, but whatever. The Sydney Roosters, 38, defeated the Parramatta Eels, 24 front of a crowd of just over 12,000. Now the points. The Roosters, their 38 points came from a double to Daniel Tupo, Martin Kennedy, Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, Anthony Minichiello and two dads, Sean Kenny Dow. Maloney, six from six conversions and a penalty goal and that takes on the Eels, 24 points to Kencio, Jake Maloney, Jared Hain, and Penny Terapo and Chris Sandow. Four from four, 100% conversions.
2: I think in light of, of the events at Parramatta earlier in the week with as we spoke about Ricky, um, giving a bunch of players a tap on the shoulder for next season, um, Parrot probably could have been forgiven for turning it up in this game. They've certainly turned yeah. it up at, at different uh, points of this season for, for far less for no real reason, <laughs> exactly. a
1: reason. Yeah,
2: um, but they actually had a dig. Um, you know, they actually um, you know tried to play some of their better footy, and um, I think you know there were some guys out there trying to prove a point. Uh, and that's the Ricky. way they
1: probably would want some of them to react as well. Sure. Especially the ones where they weren't actually told outright that they were gone. Exactly.
2: Um, I just don't think that they're gonna be able to rely on on guys trying to prove a point in the coming weeks um to put decent performances together as a as a unit. Yep. Um, which might spell some tough times ahead for para. Um, you know, how they play over the next fortnight or so. Um, in light of what's happening there at the club is gonna be, you know, really spell, you know, they they're not looking real flash at the moment, they're running dead last. Um, you know, by the time the next fortnight or three or four weeks is out, they could, you know, be serious chasm. You know, the tigers are leaping up the ladder at a rapid rate of knots at the moment. And, um it could be a chasm <laughs> You're between from last the
1: second last
2: <laughs> it could be a chasm uh between the eels and, and the and the next uh best asterisk um side on the ladder within a month. So
1: um could be tough times ahead, as I said for them. Uh, Jared Hayne. yeah, going pro- potentially for the rest of the the Origin series as well as you know the couple of uh, power games in between. He was fairly optimistic, saying that um,
2: he's going to need twenty four hour uh, recovery on it and, and rehab to to try and be right for Origin two, which probably means that you know it's not going to be a hundred percent by the time he yeah. plays. So, and hamstrings, you know, if you if you followed. Justin Hodges' career in any great capacity, you understand that hamstrings aren't to be fucked with. Yeah, but his hamstrings are a special breed, aren't they? His hamstrings are made of the consistency of soft spaghetti. Yeah, yeah. Well exactly. overcooked spaghetti.
1: Yep, yep.
2: Um, You know, it's they're not something that you want to come back early from, that's for sure. I think the Roosters in this game weren't at their best, and they were playing against some fairly spirited opposition, as I just said, but they still come up with enough players to get the win. Um, you know, Sonny Bill wasn't as big a factor in this game, and, and it's probably been the case for the last couple of games. Um, he's, he's had a fairly blistering start to the season, but um, just in the last couple of matches, that he hasn't really been as big a factor as what you'd expect. Um, was put on report for a higher shot, but I don't think he misses any games with an early early play. Um, yeah, Maloney was fairly solid, backing up from origin. Yep. Um, Pierce went okay. Um but really Tupou you know, tupo on that wing. He's he's big, he's fast, um good footwork, good fend, great under the high ball, uh, both in attack and defence. Um he's he's quite the fucking player on the end of that back line. <laughs> um, you know, with with Jennings inside him and Jennings getting good service from from Pierce and Maloney, that's that's as good a left side as, as anyone else in the competition's got as far as I'm concerned. It's um, up there? We spoke about Hayne being out for a few weeks and and we've also spoken about the low morale at power and, and players looking elsewhere for contracts, which is only going to be a distraction. I think um, you know, that probably indicates that Chris Sandow um, has the chance to, to maybe take control of the team properly without Hayne around and, and, and try and make something of their season. I don't know that they're going to... Be in a position to make a run for the finals, or, or make any great noise, but he can certainly salvage some pride there. And, and is he up to it? I'm not sure. When were making had, those runs,
1: yeah,
2: he, he was playing well, and
1: I don't know. Yeah, but still now come ever up since short, You have yeah? to think, you know, what was the what was the secret sauce in there that's missing now? Because he hasn't really done it. You know, he's had the odd game for the Eels. Don't get me wrong, but generally speaking, very disappointing. The other thing um, that you just spoke about at the top of the show, actually, Rennie Matua. Elected not to play. Yeah, which was disappointing. Um, is that the sort of fucking sook that you want rocking up at the Tigers? That's that's, that's a dude with like less heart than Ben Cray.
2: <laughs> and that's that's pretty you're fucking heartless. You're just trying to be inflammatory. Um, don't agree with his line of thinking. Um, at the end of the day, if someone puts a challenge to you, you rise to the challenge. You don't back away from it and walk away. Um, tough one to say. I don't know what was said and what went on behind closed doors but on face value it doesn't look good for Rennie
1: Adam it, Blair 2 Electric Boogaloo <laughs> <laughs> the sequel to Adam Blair which was a very shit movie too Adam yes. Blair saw the Transformers 2 of fucking players oh wow all <laughs> well, the white chicks <laughs> of players <laughs> <laughs> how fitting yeah, it's funny the first two shit movies that came into my head with those two there you go yeah uh, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, can I go to Twitter? Or are you done?
2: I'll take Rennie.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would, but I mean, that's not really a recruitment thing, is it?
2: <laughs> not really.
1: You're recruiting his penis. That's about it. Um, at Earthboy75, Parramatta to launch their own TV series. Hash game of floggings. <laughs> Uh, C a photo ten with a couple of tweets. Fooey fui. Oh, we need to talk about this. Fui fui. Doing what every bloke who had roosters thirteen plus is doing right now. Hash at bureau clock, <laughs> and that was probably about what five minutes to go, or yeah. you know, a, bit, a bit longer than that out. And Fui uh, and goes to the sideline, drinks a substance from a Well, cup, I didn't see him drinking it. Grabs a substance which we'll say was amber in colour. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, he's gone off and he's having a, he's having a beer before the end of the game, and then who was it that said it was mother? Was it Freddie sure. or someone? Like, someone Yeah, someone said it was um, actually mother. I mean, how you know that? Then you know. Well, Freddie was on the sideline. So yeah, but how did you mean, mean, you're having like an energy? I mean, why was he having an energy drink? Look,
2: in a um... he was done. <laughs> yes. he, didn't, he
1: didn't need no energy. His game was over. It is feely feely, but
2: look. My take on it is that uh in light of the Russell Packer situation, Fooey didn't want to be done for a similar thing, did the classy move um put in a cup.
1: Actually that's the most believable excuse. that's the most believable explanation I think I've heard. That's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh CA photo ten again said, footy fact, James Maloney's cold saw has seen more games than most of the Tigers roster this year. Has Tigers in decline. He goes fairly
2: hard on the Tigers and in turn myself.
1: Yeah. He does, um, and then he accused me of, you know, you, uh, of, uh, you know, that he was defending you, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the set upon member of the of the team. Yeah, like set, he's set fucking,
2: upon by <laughs> fuckheads he, like him. Ex-
1: <laughs> he's the fucking number one offender <laughs> at the moment.
2: He's uh, he's quite a, uh, a a very very good photographer, um, and me being internet famous. I look forward to the day where he tries to take photos of me and I take his camera off him and stick it up his ass and say, remember all those tweets you sent about me?
1: <laughs> yeah, and he'll go, Take some you know,
2: photos of your inner, inner sanctum of your sphincter.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what you, t- you Didn't you say on Twitter on the, over the weekend at some time? I can't remember what it was. Yeah, you know, his photos were shit. Yeah, sure, I oh, sure said did. that, but I mean,
2: it, it sort of fit what I was saying in the fact that he said something moderately humorous, and I said he should take up stand-up, because fuck knows he's not going to make a living out of selling his photos. All right. Which, considering he's a professional photographer, was probably fairly insulting.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and but you know, so insulting and so incorrect as to be comical. Like well, He's like sitting back there going... Well, yeah, I'm getting paid for my fucking photos, bitch. Say what you want. Well, pay me. have you bought any of his photos? Well, no. Well, I the haven't. Shit. So, I mean, I like to think
2: we're probably a good barometer for, for humanity.
1: Truth be told, I haven't, um. even seen his, I haven't even seen his photos, I'll be honest. How dare you? I'm, hey. You're not missing much. It's okay. All right. St. George, Illawarra Dragons, 14, defeated the Newcastle Knights 8 the Newcastle International Sports Centre. A crowd of just under... <laughs> Is that what it's called? That's what, that's what I've got here in front of me. The crowd, just under 20,000. So a good crowd. Um, you know, the points, the Dragons, their tries. They had uh, a double to Josh Dugan. They had uh, a conversion to Dugan, a conversion to Cameron King, and a penalty goal to Dugan to make up their 14 points. The Knights, they had eight, and their points came from tries to Joseph Leilua, Joey, as they'll call him. And two penalty goals to Tyrone Roberts.
2: <laughs> I saw someone tweet. I don't know who it was. It might have been the boys from Fire Up. Yeah. Um, saying that, did he change his name to Joey when he got signed by Newcastle? <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Um where does anyone remember where the Dragons' big plays come from before Dugan signed with them? Well, they they don't. They,
1: they not didn't have any non-existent. They weren't were big plays, no. <laughs> Everything is coming from him. Yep, yep, and they and they pump him and they they pumped his tyres back up, turned him into a player again. He's in 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 return, he's delivered him some wins that pretty much came completely off him. And uh, now with it's Jared, hard to argue with two tries. Yeah, and with Jared Haynes' injury, he'll probably go to, into Origin and Dragons are back where they fucking started.
2: <laughs> I just got to say, if you're the Canberra Raiders, you've cut the bloke. Yeah. To teach him a lesson. Yep. He's he's been ill disciplined. Um. He's he's flown in the face of of. You know, rules and regulations set down by the club um, to get his behaviour in check. And yep. and, he, and he's really paid fuck all attention to that. Jumped up on a roof, taking some photos with some cruisers. Um, got on the piss during rehab. All things he shouldn't be doing. So you, you've, you've torn up his contract. You've cut him. Yep. You still teach him a lesson.
1: Yeah.
2: Three months later, origin. Yeah. Same <laughs> thing.
1: Same thing happened with Carney, though. It was just like a year, though, in between. Yeah, you know? it was a year. Yeah. Um. Raiders are great at, 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 at turfing guys out today. Right? You know, I mean, I have to commend them yeah. for
2: having the balls to cut these blokes. Especially like you know, it's not a good look when other teams pick them up and and all of a sudden they they're, they're playing Origin within a month or three.
1: Well, well yeah, it's so like cutting cutting Carney was like you know probably easier because there was no precedent to it, but now after seeing what happened with Carney, and you know then in the meantime you know Monahan's had to go because you know his dog licking his balls. Well, it wasn't his balls, but, you know, whatever. The, the peanut butter, the barrier of peanut butter between his balls and his and the dog. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the dog was licking peanut butter off his balls, wasn't he?
2: I don't know. That you that paid far right? more attention to that story than I did. I think it might have struck a little closer <laughs> was so to home ago. than you were letting on. How long ago on. was that? It was a few seasons. it? Was in. it was at the end of the season before last? Don't pretend like you don't know. No, I'm trying to remember. Don't pretend like it didn't strike close to home for you.
1: Well, I mean, like, you know, I, I don't leave peanut butter near this fucking desk when we're doing the show anymore after the incident, in quotes.
2: <laughs> Touché, sir. Anyway, back to Josh Dugan.
1: Yeah. Josh Dugan. So, yeah, the, ballsy for them to cut him after all the cut, the, the high-profile cuttings that have since gone on to Excel. Um, yes. So, yeah, ballsy them to do it. But, once again, it, has, well, it hasn't backfired on him per se, but... You know, it would be very difficult to watch this guy running around and killing it and thinking, Well, you know, he can you know Reese Robinson's great and all and he's doing the job for us but He
2: really is. He, and he, he's probably he's... playing better footy than what Josh Dugan was playing
1: at the time.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well certainly for a little while.
1: Yeah, but now I think Dugan he's back.
2: Well when you comp- compare Dugan's last couple of games for against yeah. Robinson's yeah. Um Newcastle just don't get it. And I'm pretty convinced of that. They you know, this is Bennett's second full season. Yep. um as coach of them um and generally his his teachings and his discipline and his mantra is is uh you know ingrained of in every player well before now yep and they still don't get it they just their errors um their ill discipline there's even now I've seen some grumblings on Twitter that you know maybe he might not see out his term there Whether that comes from Tinkler, whether that comes from the media, whether it comes from the players or the fan base or a combination of all of it. Yeah. Um, Have you ever heard it, you know, of people?
1: Possibly suggesting that Wayne Bennett could possibly get the arse. His
2: darkest days at the Broncos when, you know, they probably still went on to make the finals, but Broncos fans are notoriously fickle and they lose three games in a row and all of a sudden the sky's falling and and Bennett was to blame. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, I just, I've never really heard grumblings that Wayne Bennett might not see out the term of his coaching contract for a particular
1: club. This is what I like to call karma for Newcastle trying to buy a premiership. They bought a coach who was fresh off premiership glory. Okay? Yep. They bought... Who then comes with some baggage. They attempted and were successful in many cases to buy up players that were part of that premiership success. Mm Mm-hmm. Such as, you know, your Scots and, you know, eventually getting Jeremy Smith and... Fluffy. Uh, and Fluffy, yeah. Um, and then from there, and from there, they're not really getting the reward. I mean, it reminds me kind of the Doggies. they got the coach, Premier successful coach. Tried unsuccessfully to buy a lot of players from the Premiers. Got Tony Williams, suck on that.
2: Um, made the grand final last year.
1: Yeah, how many did they win?
2: Oh, you're sickening me. Mate, if you're not first, you're last. It's just some hoodoo the Dragons have over Newcastle, though, isn't it? Um, and that's yeah, and that I didn't. Very, even very that. impressive recent record. I, wish I, a, I wish I had. I wish I had
1: considered that before fucking tipping. Actually, yeah, it's a type, It's becoming
2: the type of hoodoo much like the Raiders have over over St George, where you yep. really, regardless of how bad the Raiders might be going, you probably still tip them to beat St George in Canberra. Um, so, yeah, there was there was some really. Uh, Really good play, mainly off the back of Dugan in this game. Um, I've been impressed with him, and and certainly the way he's handled himself in the media, if not social media. But um, he's saying all the right things. He's playing, um, you know, to a very high level, and he's he's doing it. He's playing a fairly lone hand there at the moment. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm you're, sorry. you're containing. I just want to. I just want to interrupt this because something's just come to my attention on Twitter. Someone's created a Twitter account uh, calling themselves uh TWI League Clock. <laughs> How the fuck did someone find that on Twitter in the first place? To know, you know what I mean? Like unbelievable. Uh, and and it's, it's at, at. How did you find that? Cruiser or someone sent it to us. Um. So I just want to find it. we at Pete's the name. So this is probably someone who's just changed their. Maybe it's someone who's just changed their name or something. Um followers that Karim Karan is there he's the only name I recognize he's
2: far troll from way back
1: and that's following it so who, who else is following this is yeah maybe this is someone who's just changed their name to, to yeah, that's all they've done because otherwise they're just following a bunch of um, a bunch of musicians mostly pretty much just musicians but um <laughs> that's pretty funny actually but yeah well done um so there you go. People love, people love the clock once again. Um, will you finish talking about the game itself so I can get on Twitter? Yes. Okay, so uh, Jeremy underscore Jack zero 01. Ben Cray runs into fight, then takes backward steps again. I've never seen a softest footballer <laughs> in my life. Uh, CA photo 10 I said it last week. I'll say it again. It's no coincidence. So many shit games feature St. George. Big Dan 1985. Wayne Bennett, just retire. Worst buy we've ever made. Wow. Cash super coach in decline. CA Photo 10 again. Who has the biggest curse hanging over them? Bennett with Steve Price or Tigers with Glenn? Tigers in decline. Aussie, 11198. Great to get the two points. Dugan is earning more and more of my respect week in, week out. Hash Cruises in decline. Junior underscore buff. JR underscore buff. I just don't know. Is it Wayne or are the players not buying into the system? Hash Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. Okay, next one. The Bulldogs, 36, defeated the North Queensland Cowboys, 26, up there at 1,300 smiles, and there probably wasn't fucking even close to 1,300 smiles in this game, Uh, a crowd of just under 13,000, and the points went as follows, the Doggies, 36, a double to Ben Barber, Trent Hodkinson got one, Mitch Brown, Tony Williams, Greg Eastwood tries, Uh, Hodkinson at six from six conversions. Can kick. Yep, and uh, taking on the Cowboys. Brent Tate, Robert Louis, Dallas Johnson, Clint Greenshields tries. Robert Louis, four from four conversions and a penalty goal. Can kick too.
2: <laughs> we're, we're, we've lot never, of been under training. Any, we have never been under any illusion as to whether Robert Louis can kick. So dedicated yeah. is he to his
1: art of kicking that he'll, he'll practice. He takes it home. He pr- takes it home with him. He'll practice after Mad Monday, after celebrating the end of the season. Exactly. For a bit of kicking practice, yeah, sensational! Yeah. What a great what a, guy he cons,
2: is. Consummate professional. He's a superhuman, subhuman, whatever. Um, <laughs> the Cowboys probably outplayed the Dogs in in many facets of this game for about sixty minutes, but um, there came a time in the in the game where it was there to be won, and and they really wilted. Um, they fell apart at the back end of the game and and rolled over and the dogs took full advantage um hardly the sign of a contender contender as far as the cowboys are concerned we've just been speaking about barber um i think he much like the bulldogs as a team um they're starting to to once again or he's starting to once again be the player um and they're starting to be the team that we expect them to be this year they've had their issues they've had some pretty ordinary performances um recently with some of their losses whereas when they were dropping games to start the season they were were super competitive yep um but you can just sense them starting to building and starting to build something here and i know you'll be loath to admit it but there was a time where you were a little bit more fond of of d hasler and and used to say that uh you know he could build and, and have teams peaking at the right time of year. And, and when you compare the way they're playing at the moment to how they were playing not a couple of months ago, um, you've, you've got to agree that they, you know, they're they starting to show some signs that uh, he's going to have them ticking, you know, pardon the pun, we've just been mentioning the clock, um, have them purring along come finals time. Or they're just playing shit teams at the right time. And I fully expected you to not give them any credit whatsoever. Um, you're going to tell me that the Cowboys are up there, are you? Second last, these fuckers are.
1: Oh look, the Cowboys
2: haven't been the same since the Tigers
1: beat them the other week. Um, Cowboys you know, have The no, Tigers wanna,
2: ripped out their soul. Let's talk about factual heart.
1: stuff. There's a reason why they got to the low point where the Tigers. I'm talking could, real could knock talk. I'm talking real talk. You're talking real shit. Now, there was a reason why the Cowboys lowered themselves so badly to the point where they actually would, you know even be close to beaten while Tigers let alone beaten their hearts were ripped out that night in the finals last year when Manly <laughs> scored two magnificent but fair tries and they didn't agree with the video referees verdict uh, on on route on to the finals which led on, to a, a
2: fairly lengthy fucking rant from old ham hocks oh mate and uh, let me they tell you still, it's still carrying I'll guarantee you the mere mention of that
1: did I did I cop some fucking blockings that week? Is, <laughs> Jesus Christ! And you know what? Not even ones. Not even blockings I can hear for doing his,
2: anything. I can hear his little ham hocks tapping away at the iPad now. <laughs> um, look, I think Neil Henry's probably not going to get punted before the season ends. I think he's going to last oh, the
1: season. I think he's a definite possibility.
2: If they don't start um, fucking
1: winning games quick, I mean they're going to have to win a couple of ga- like a game here and there to save him. They can't. If they lose another four games, he's gone. Four in a row mm, from now, gone.
2: Well, you probably you could be right. Um, I personally think he might last a season out, but that's where it will finish. I think he'll be a, a and an off season or end of season uh, ship out, and, and you know, talking about Maninga yeah. coming in and um, all that sort of thing. But you know, they are just they're way off the pace at the moment, um, and you know they they clearly the bulldogs aren't even at their best and they they c- couldn't really compete with them. Yeah. Um you know to get the job done they they showed signs it's certainly without thirst there's probably some positive signs there but they're at a point now where they really need to be playing their best footy not um you know having these competitive losses.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Now um are you a superstitious person boy? It depends. When it comes to the West Tigers, yes. Just in life, not really? Oh, at times, but not, not, not hugely.
1: Because I wonder if North Queensland Cowboys, I, I'm, I'm totally not, but I mean, a lot of people are. And I wonder if North Queensland Cowboys have been punished for Robert Louis. Because remember, they started off the season well, and he didn't start the well, season with them.
2: I do, believe in, um, I do believe in karma. I don't know if that counts as pure, pure superstition.
1: 'Cause the way the Cowboys season's going at the moment is like Karma's drunk a carton of fucking breezes. Yeah. Come home, bit angry. And got, soccer got, kicking. Got the cowboys pregnant and, and kicked the kicking. shit out of them.
2: Yeah, exactly yeah. right.
1: And maybe maybe I don't maybe, know where they
2: got that idea from. And maybe I don't know where Karma
1: in the sliding glass door as well, maybe giving a bit of that. Yeah. Like Vinnie like uh, like Vinny Jones you know, in in Snatch or was it Lockstock and he just slammed his head in the car door? Bit of that action too. That's what that's what Karma's doing to the Cowboys this season. Right. I don't get the references, but I get where you're coming You've from. You've seen those movies. I don't even fucking pretend don't to remember
2: me. those bits in it. Oh, Jesus this Christ. This the problem, Nathan. I watched them,
1: and <sighs> no, I'm like, you yeah, yeah. Have...
2: I've seen these movies. I'm right up there. i like be able to participate in this reference thing. No.
1: It's like you watch Got them, me. but you don't see
2: them. You know what I'm saying? I'm a very busy man, Nathan. I have a lot of things going on in my head, <laughs> and sometimes it makes it
1: hard to concentrate. All right. You ready to go, Twitter? Sure. Ah popsh as he correctly corrected us last week. Ah, uh, popsh.
2: Yeah, look, how about we give you a lesson in how your Twitter handle should be pronounced?
1: R-Popsh. Ah, <laughs> it reminds me of like Sean Connery or something. Yeah, they are quite of like R-Popsh. Ah, <laughs> ah,
2: yeah, look, and the, the fucking hide of this bloke to try and educate us. Oh, just let me tell I mean, you. when he's operating approximately six levels below us
1: intellectually... And this, at this, minimum at this tweet, six. Exhibit A: Glenn Hall found wanting in defence again. Surprise, surprise. Neil Henry, you are a wanker. At North Queensland Cowboys, can you piss him off? So, um, Glenn Hall, premiership hero of 2008. He's probably a big Robert Louis fan. Ah, yeah. popsh. <laughs> 2011. Um, I, I, I think Rigg, I think Riggs. know, oh no, he's not a premiership. Hero, but he's a manly. He's a manly hero. Let's call him that. Um, nice guy. I don't understand why R-Pops and not all of North Queensland Cowboy fans pretty much as R-Pops has such a vendetta it it? R-Pops yeah that's right R-Pops um, yeah so what's this this, this vendetta against, against Glen Hall other Cowboys fans what I want you to do is let me know is Glen Hall in your opinions as bad as R-Pops or are you going to uh, you know put another scapegoat there like perhaps that the players don't want to play for Neil Henry because they want to get him sacked Shark Attack 83. You guys need to check out Robert Louis' Instagram account. He seems to love Rihanna. Is that irony? Hash Aussie Chris Brown. Hash what a dick. Jeez. Mad Dog. Underscore. No space. The North Queensland Cowboys are copying an absolute Louising off the refs tonight. Settle down. <laughs> it was Chechen. What are you gonna do? Freak 09. Chechen is a magician. He can create penalties out of nothing. Then he's gone, hash Nate's mate. No mate of mine, son. I actually saw a tweet, uh someone about the David May situation at the at the Titans and said that um that Titan it was like Titans goodwill amb- goodwill ambassador Matt Chechen has been installed as their CEO. <laughs> <laughs> um no doubt that come from Manly fan. Oh I have, look, I don't want I am not a hundred percent certain, but it could have been on a blood buzz who's a Manly fan. But uh yeah. And you Slash know, bronc. rightly so uh, Three-card magic trick. Another good finish and win by the Mighty Bulldogs against the weekend Cowboys team. Vital two points, and we're in the top eight, baby. Jeez, calm down. GT351 underscore Johns. I'll take the win. Still too many errors. Grubby number seven for the Cowboys must have threatened the refs and video refs with a kicking. So that's two tweets we've got there accusing the referees of completely opposite bias. Yeah, people will do that. And Mad Cow's Disease. It looks like the Cowboys are set to punt a former Raiders head coach halfway through his fifth season for the second time. Hash genius. I look forward to uh, at Mad Cow's Disease changing, if not
2: his entire Twitter handle or just his username, to HamHawks.
1: Why on earth would he do that? It's fitting. Okay, next, Sunday. The New Zealand Warriors 18 defeated the mighty manly Sea Eagles 16 at Mount Start Stadium. A pretty ordinary crowd there, I mean, just over 11,000 people there. Um, Warriors points came from tries to Elijah Taylor, Glenn Fischiahi, and Conrad Hurrell. Sean Johnson, three from three conversions. And Sea Eagles 16 points came from tries to Justin Horro, Peter Hickou, Steve Matai, Jamie Lyon, two from three. It was two weeks in a row. The Warriors are starting to make a bit of a
2: habit of beating the lesser lights of the competition. Um, this game was no different. Manly weren't up to the standard. <laughs> Couldn't get the job done against the Warriors. I mean, a month ago, the Warriors looked like they could be beaten by anyone. And, um, and here they are knocking off Manly, which, you know, who, who's not doing that these days? I
1: guess. Well, have we, got a,
2: have we got to play again this season? Or we only play? Like I night? hope
1: so, because 26-0 was good for our forward against last time. You're
2: probably right, it's about to be reversed times two. I need another um, jersey too. Manly's ageing squad, I think, once again, look to the only two young blokes in their side, Foreman and Cherry Evans, to, to get it done. And it's clear that they need some help, these kids. They need some help.
1: Please continue.
2: It's it's obvious that Manly's got too many free pensioners in this team. They're ageing. Um, they're on the downhill slide. And, um, you know, I think they'll be lucky to make the eight this season. And um. Yeah, you know, the Warriors with the, the young, you know, enthusiastic team, Fissiahi, Conrad Hurrell, Sean Johnson carving up, as you'd expect him to do against, you know, sides like Manly. Um, Sean Johnson didn't carve up a thing. He kicked some goals. He did, Conrad Hurrell. He beat 45 players. He scored a try. That's the only thing A he very, did. very good, very, and very also, good try. And also,
1: you will note that Conrad Hurrell was actually pulled from the field 10 minutes before the end of the game. Well, he probably used up all his energy scoring that try. Well, you know, no, you know why he was he's, pulled.
2: He's not known for his stamina. <laughs> he
1: was pulled from the field because fucking they were terrified of Matt Hyde carving him up to score a try. <laughs> <laughs> what say you?
2: I, I was very surprised. I expected Manly to win this game by a long way. And oh, uh, Warriors, Warriors just played good. That's pretty. That's, that's pretty much all there is to it. I mean, general, let me the, just let me just give you a general rundown because I'm not sure you you're on Twitter as much as me. And I don't know that you get the feel
1: for it. I'm pretty sure I I'm know on that Twitter the, fucking
2: ten times as much as you I are. I don't know so. if you get the pulse of it, though. I don't know if you get the pulse of Twitter. The pulse of Twitter yeah. at the end of this game was it was all the rest's fault. See, I Gronk's get that like, at Gronk's like, um, at Lanier, at... Um,
1: I'm pretty sure I... that dumb
2: mold that you follow? At shout at
1: something? <laughs> <laughs> you, you will not be calling Casey a dumb mole.
2: Just yeah. did. Um, yeah, every, everything was a ref's fault.
1: I don't. I, in fact, I don't recall either which of those guys is, saying about the rest fault.
2: You, you would not. You just never have to. I don't know why we go to so much trouble reviewing manly games when really, if it's a win, greatest team in history.
1: Loss, rest fault. See, See I well. think that's actually. I think that's absurd to say something like that. Is that right? Yeah. To say it was a rest fault. Yeah, absolutely. You've never done that. No, I have. When it's when it's, when it's justified, but this All is right. not the game which justified. Although the rest were ordinary in terms of. Not in terms of like doing things in favour of other teams or either way, but the, both sides they were very fucking over over pedantic as far as penalties and stuff. And I think they 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 didn't fuck up the game, but they kind of they you know they did sort of inhibit the game a little bit because they were just blowing the pee out of the whistle like you know both ways for for dumb shit that wasn't really penalties in a lot of cases as well. Like just you know I, they, for some reason it was almost like they were getting paid per penalty, <laughs> but um. But I mean, there were certainly no like decisions that were like fucking horrific. You know, decisions that turned the game either way or anything. The Warriors just play better. I mean, they're slowly starting to play, um, you know, to their to their capacity. You know, to whatever their you know whatever their talent ceiling is. And I mean, I don't think it's massively high. But uh, but Manly played like probably sixty percent maybe. And um, you know, and you're and at the end of the day, they played sixty percent and they lost by you know by goal kicking. And I mean, and also by a fucking Wolfman absolutely murdering a fucking try. And this is
2: this is what I'm saying about the older players in the squad. Uh, David Williams had an absolute shocker. Jamie Lyon. I mean, you want to talk about Benji Marshall? Jamie Lyon couldn't hit a shed with a bucket of wheat.
1: Just was, we'll get we'll it. get to the Tigers game. But Benji got two or four, and Jamie Lyon got two or three. And the one he missed was like pretty much touch line. What are you talking about?
2: Yeah, what about the ones Benji missed? Right in front. Oh, fucking <laughs> hopeless! Please. He couldn't. He, he couldn't hit his. He couldn't. Throughout this whole review, I've done nothing but keep factual, and you want to try and throw shit like that in the mix. I mean, he couldn't hit It's his hard. To, it's hard to maintain my professionalism.
1: You talk about hitting a barn. He, he couldn't hit. He couldn't hit his pregnant girlfriend with a carton. A carton full of breezes in him. That's disgraceful. As tigers do. Um, oh. As tigers halves do. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd give full credit to Warriors. I mean, just for like being gritty and hanging in there and um, doing enough to uh, jag a win. I mean, you know, it was good. You know, if you, if you don't turn up on the day, then you know you can get beaten, and that's and that's the thing. I mean, and I said uh, not maybe not last week because we didn't play, but the week before this Glenn Stewart thing, it's really starting to fucking annoy me, and I'm not the only person that's seeing it. I mean, you know, everyone's seeing it. I mean, including Tove, he said that you know these oh, attacks not up there, but the, the problem is Wolfman Jamie Lyon. They're not doing, fucking doing anything wrong. The problem is they've got this fucking guy inserted in between them and the halves that just runs sideways, doesn't do anything, offer anything in attack. And although he's been pretty good in defense, you know, almost better than he ever has been in his career, actually, because I don't, never really rated him as a defender much. But, um, you know, his attacking skills kind of offset that. But the attack thing, fucking, he's he's slow. He's fucking runs, he crabs sideways. He's, uh passes are ill-timed. He's fucked, he needs to, I mean, at the moment, he needs to fucking go to reserve grade, or go to the bench, or something, to work his fucking shit out, because when we had, um, Tommy Slimes. in the family, though, you realise? What are you talking about? Brett Stewart's a fucking god of the game, he's never fucking set a foot wrong. On the field, maybe. It's on or off the field. Not only that, he dedicates all of his spare money to a fucking, a house for wayward children, Stewart House, up there.
2: Well, where he spent the vast majority of his childhood.
1: He should stick his fucking brother in there at the moment because he's wayward as shit with his fucking play. Now, if you cast your mind back to when when Manly had Tommy Simons you know, playing the role of of Glenn Stewart, motherfucker was direct, good ball. Manly were unstoppable in attack. I mean, and their defense is still very good, but I mean, they're just fucking giving people too many chances. That's what
2: I'm talking about. You turn on your favorite sons. I turn this, on favorite you sons. Know, I'm just highlighting say players. Say what you want about the Tigers. Everyone you know? else
1: is playing... Fucking magnificent and oh, and Steve matai that fucking try he scored. The guy is an absolute fucking god. And I mean I've said it before that he's the fucking greatest human ever invented, but I'll just reiterate it for you all now. Steve Mattoy, greatest human ever fucking invented.
2: Wasn't good enough to get the win. Can we move on please?
1: Twitter. Scotty Eel. The day Chopper cut his ears off, they must have had the Kiwi commentators playing in jail because that's what I fucking feel like. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, Vossi was on there, you know, he's he's okay. I mean, you know, Vossi's not the best commentator in the world, but he seems like an okay kind of bloke, and it, his Australian accent is much is, is very very much a relief to the fucking Gronk shit from Daryl. Oh. oh, fuck, he's an idiot. He pronounced... He was calling foreign, like foreign. Like foreign legion or something. <laughs> I don't know. How English do you he's, speak it? He, he achieved a lot in the game.
2: In the game, as a rugby league player. Off a um, tee? Off a tee... As far as the commentary game, let's just say his achievements are destined to be slightly less.
1: He's a fair coach for fucking kicking as well. He seems to go all right at that. I think Sean Johnson, I think he's a a kick kick coach for Sean Johnson, in fact, which explains why he's so fucking biased, because he's a little fucking protege out there running around. (laughs) (laughs) But but the commentary thing, Daryl, mate. Learn to speak English, mate. I mean... And if you're not going to learn to speak English, can you at least give us fucking factoids about where the players went to fucking school when they've got the <laughs> ball in their hand or something?
2: Which I found really entertaining. I've, I've, I'm, I'm honestly... The amount I, of... You I, know, know, I feel like I know, I know so much less
1: about the Warriors players now. Or New Zealanders in general. Yeah. The amount of them that actually went to school. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's it. Maybe the, maybe the educated class of the Warriors has dried up now. <laughs> right, um, Look... If yeah. they went to school, we'd tell you where they went. <laughs> yeah. He just goes, he just, look, it's going to get fucking boring if I just keep saying homeschool. Home <laughs> 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 All right, uh, Shane Aaron Elvis, by no means the world's biggest Matai fan, but I'll give him a rap, What a great try. Great game for a neutral. It was a pretty good game from like a hard-fought game sort of perspective. Sure. Uh, Mup 23, looking forward to hear hash neutral Nates. Summary of that mud performance by Manly hash ref's fault. Well, you'll be disappointed to hear, Marple, that I did not at all say it was ref's fault. <laughs> Neutral Nate. That not got buried in a shallow grave <laughs> around round two. Yes. C <laughs> A photo 10 The irony of this week in the league is Nate giving shit over Benji's kicking. Lions couldn't kick his cat at the moment. Well, we've been through that. The fact that he missed the touchline conversion, he did kick fucking 70, 66% versus 50% of Benji. This weekend, so shut the fuck up. Come the end. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't he caught it this week?
1: He keeps tweeting us so much. Yeah. Here comes another one. Less tweeting CA more snapping. FA, CA photo ten with the form DCE is in. Every Queensland fan should be taking turns massaging Thurston's groin. <laughs> I'll have a turn. I mean, what? And you know, I don't. I don't, I don't think DCE is down on form, but I think he's this, not very good at rugby league. No, with this Glen with this Glenn Stewart situation coming to his right, he's it's cutting it's cutting him off. Like he's basically he's a sports car. Wants to drive over this fucking over this fucking uh, canyon to get to his mates, who are also fucking sports cars, and all of a sudden a fucking lead balloon comes down, smashes the bridge, and there's no way you can get across there. That's what it is. That's what Glenn Stewart is at the moment. He's going down like a fucking lead balloon. Jesus, I tell you, I'm, I turn frust- on your favourite sons. I just get frustrated by players like not playing. the... He's the T Rex of fucking manly at the moment. I mean, Oof. Oh, that's. We're going to move on before... Lift your game, motherfucker. Um, NZ Warrior Forum. Didn't know they listened to us. It's uh, NZ Warriors Online. Thanks for the tip, Nate. Have some Broncos treatment. Hold the Packer. Then he's gone, Hash, who are these guys and what have they done with the Warriors? Perhaps conceding that all all of a sudden they learned to play. Uh, At Hammers said, I don't know what I enjoy more. Watching Manly lose or the crap that spills from Manly fans after a loss. Hash, ref's fault. Hash, fuck Vossi. Why fuck Vossy though?
2: Yeah, why is everyone hating on Vossi? Oh he's remember when you, a bit well Oh they mean oh okay they well, I, mean, I think like, they mean in a negative I think oh. it's a negative connotation. Okay. Um remember when he was punted in favour of Ray Hadley? That's all because I say, he, he said that um, Ray Warren's statue in G didn't look anything like him.
1: Yeah.
2: So he had a bit of a beef with Ray Hadley, all of a sudden Ray Hadley commentating gains and and uh, Andrew Voss's Queensland Cup in it. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Um everyone was like, Bring back Vossy. Bring back Vossy. Now Vossi's got a gig, everyone's like fuck off Vossi. I mean make up your minds, what,
1: people. What did he what did he do in this game? I thought he was fine. He just it was like Andrew Voss commentary. He's a bit just, of a wag, trying oh, yeah. to have a bit of a laugh, a yeah. bit of fun. Yeah, I mean it wasn't funny, but I mean no got Andy Raymond. you got to get Yeah, You appreciate the effort. He was trying. He didn't call anyone a something three quarter. <laughs> no fuck. Settle down, settle down on your voice, yeah, hate. Yeah. At mess underscore. Looking forward to this coming ep, the first where Nate has to say Manly lost to the Warriors. Hope the words taste horrible. Uh, I'm sure Manly fucking lost to the Warriors before. That's the first point I'd like to make. And in fact, as far as losing to the Warriors, I think I've been to more fucking games where Manly lost to the Warriors... Than any other games. There was a, there was a, because you usually do a couple of trips down to Brookie through the year. And there was a time there where every fucking game I'd go to was a Warriors game. And not only that, we'd lose by two every time. Awesome. (laughs) Fucking tremendous. And this one was another one with two. Good one. Um, Moving on to the West Tigers 20, Jagged and win over the Penrith Panthers 18 (laughs) at their (laughs) Penrith Stadium in front of the best crowd Penrith have had in many episodes. I think it's, um, a lot of them went home disappointed. Just under 17,000 people. And I mean, Joe was struggling to get 10 at one point, weren't they? Yeah. Um, Mainly, most of them were Tigers fans, I guess. Uh, That's the only way you could explain it. Uh, and the Tigers, their 20 came from a double to David Nofaluma. And then, oh, how do you pronounce all these fucking guys' names? Can you do it? <laughs> Ava, Ava S. David N. Scored two.
2: Su so a- and Suaso Su. David
1: Nofaluma. Suaso Su did, did jack shit. How dare about you? Don't worry about him. He got like 41 points from his. Oh, no, 46. No, he went okay. Okay, fair enough. He was my little emergency. That's all from tackles. Yeah. Didn't score any fucking tries. Well, no, he didn't. So don't bring him into the point situation here. And some lady named Simona. um, Simona. And uh, Benji, two from four, 50%, which is... uh, High for Benji. (laughs) 16.666 recurring percent less than Jamie Lyon to fuckers who would want to try and say that he kicked worse this weekend. Okay, Go. Oh no, sorry, Penrith Panthers. Uh, David, no Simmons, David Simmons David Simmons, Mossy Masoe, Dean Farre, and uh, Luke Wall Street from three.
2: Look, Penrith uh built a solid lead, led 18 eighteen four at one stage of the game and and looked like they uh, you know, to the uneducated people watching the game, looked like they were gonna run away with it. Um but what they didn't account for, um those uneducated folk was that Penrith were ultimately no match for a team of heroes with hearts as big as all get out. On their way to Premiership Destiny, and uh, they ran over the top of Penrith as you'd ah, expect it's as big them to do. Look, you can't be anything but proud of these young kids. Um, you know, we've mentioned some of the names uh, Suasa Sue, uh, AVC Umana for now, Tim Simona, David Nofaluma. I mean, these, these kids. Okay. And then you throw into the mix Sean Meaney. I mean, he's been toiling away in reserve grade, just an honest, hard-working kid, gets his opportunity, plays a brilliant
1: match. Yeah, learned to play the game at Manly. Where he toiled in our reserve grade for years <laughs> as
2: well. <laughs> and, you know, when you consider, you know, some of these kids had to be signed out of daycare just to play this game shows the youth of the current squad. And there's been a lot of people saying the Tigers are only signing old players like Anasta and Rennie Matura and people we like are. that. I mean,
1: these are your juniors not signing and they're already there.
2: Look, we, we, we need these guys to, you know, at the tail end of their careers to, to see how good they could have been had they played at the Tigers earlier. And by watching these young kids run around, that's what
1: they're doing. The answer, just giving is the these... not very. As ever, spoiler: Laurie Curie, Brayden et Al Adam Blair, <laughs> and Pat Richards. Oh, Pat Richards! Fucking bring him out.
2: Look, the, the Tigers—they showed that uh, the Blakely never stop believing mentality. mentality. And uh, you could just—you could got a real sense. And, and I like to think on the pulse of the NRL and get a real feel for what clubs are feeling. But <laughs> I, I really can just sense that collectively every other team in the NRLs sphincter just tighten to the to the point where they all look like little decimal points when they see the Tigers playing the, that way. Um, they all they're happy. all starting to look over their shoulders. Everyone but Parramatta, and, cause, <laughs> <laughs> because, because
1: that's what the Tigers. <laughs> and, <are. laughs>
2: and everyone but Parramatta is looking over their shoulders, going, "Here come those Tigers! Here they come! They're a long way behind us, but we can see them. They're kicking up a bit of dust, and they're on their way."
1: The situation Um, here is the Tigers certainly did play, display a lot of heart and everything. Everything you said about the heart side of things, I'd be inclined to agree with. I mean, you know, you cut off all the heroes and all the flowery bullshit, and you know, the 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 nut hearts as big as all get out. Yeah, they got they got hearts as big as all get out, whatever that means. You know, is that is is all get out like a pea? Is that what you mean? No, they got hearts as big as like well, at least a dog. You know, about dog size hearts. Anyway, I could kick you in the fucking face. Yeah, that's about the fifth time. I mean, the first time I air you threatened me with that, but it's about the fifth time tonight. Yeah. Um, but the the real story of this game is the Penrith Panthers ran up a very comprehensive and easy. I mean, they didn't even have to work for their lead, and um, they got so and they've had good form lately, and they tend to you know run over teams a little bit in the second half, and they just got so complacent and lazy because they were playing certainly one of the minnows of the competition, one of the lesser lights, and you know, like I don't want to use the term out of respect for Glenn, but okay, easy beats of the competition. And they just got, they just got casual, lazy about it. And um, and West Tigers, you know, they had enough heart to jag enough points to jag a win. Obviously, they had to score, you know, quite a few tries there, you know, to account for the fact that Benji can't kick to save himself. But they got there and they jagged a nice little two point win. Admittedly, you know, you look at it and you think, oh, you know, let's let's put this up here with you know for for feats of human courage. You want to throw it up there with you know the you know the British at Roke's Drift or you know Anzacs at Gallipoli that sort of thing, but you know honestly but quite honestly it's way
2: better but than quite honestly, either of
1: those but, but quite honestly Penrith are one of the worst sides in the competition and the Tigers were barely good enough to jag win over them and that's the real story now CA Photo 10 I'm sick of saying this guy's Twitter handle tonight. not fuck me he's tweeted a lot but he's been he's, he's lonely. He's been. He's been. But he's been to his credit. He's, he's been, lonely, sitting at home, taking go, photos of his own penis. Well, we go through selecting these tweets and everything, and he turns out to be you know more consistently you know funny tweets at the moment. Ca photo ten following the uh, NRL Penn West game on Twitter. It appears one of the Tigers cheerleaders named Simone scored. Well done, young lady. Mickey T nineteen eighty five. All credit to Tigers. They were too good. Had far more energy and go forward in the second half. You're well damn deserved.
2: Fucking right, we were. You damn kippy.
1: Oh, yeah. And you want to talk about Manly fans' refs' fault? Here we go. Hash, free Matt Moylan, fuck you, NRL. And I do actually think that, that was probably the deciding factor in the match. Anyway, Shunter 86 as shit as it was to be without Moylan and others, Tigers were worse off than us injury-wise and still won. Hash, reigns of Campbelltown.
2: Ninja doesn't
1: lie. You won't get that just yet. You'll get it in a couple of days. At Flafflin, I used to respect Glenn for his blind optimism for a clearly hopeless Tigers side, but then I learned he's a hash state trader. <laughs> Nice how is that even relevant late to the party but he's just seen the Tigers and got oh Glenn yeah that's right I must vent my disgust at his state traderism um, at Hammers the Tigers are a better team without Farrah fact hash one dressing room hash Tigers in decline
2: I wish look I wish that we could encourage people to come and sit in and, and be part of the show because that fuckhead right there would be the first person I'd invite just so I could suffocate him with a fucking pillow you're taking to bed, are you? What? No. <laughs> <There's> no <laughs> the only bed I'll be in... taking to is yours. And I'm... <laughs> Excuse there's no, me. There's no bed or pillows around here. Where are you going to get the pillows from? I'll run upstairs, grab one off your side of the bed. You want to use the guest room, With a massive fucking divot in the middle of it from your enormous fucking oversized head.
1: Actually, you know, before you suffocate him, maybe you could ask Matt if he actually, if he if he got his shipment as well. How about you let us know that, mate?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Because, <laughs> you know... That. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be nice to know.
2: Because I could resend it with a little extra gift. Ricin. Sorry? Ricin. I was thinking a big steaming pile of
1: dog shit. Oh, okay, I was going straight for fucking poison. And a turd sandwich. I was going straight for poison, not you know, pranks, prank, <laughs> pranksterism. Um, Mr. Bowles, has anyone asked Ian Schubert who Penrith Panthers should try at fullback next week? Hash knobhead.
2: What about uh, it was uh, that Rangers' birthday
1: on Sunday? Oh, I forgot to wish him a oh. happy birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. Fuck off.
2: Why would anyone want to celebrate the day that that person was hatched?
1: He is a Earth. valued member of the Twill Nation community.
2: He is a fucking gronk of the highest grade. Mouse off at every opportunity. <laughs> and then he had the, you know, had a chance. Had a chance to back up the talk and let his team beat the talk. Couldn't get it done. Bunch of kids out there. Embryos. Out there running saying, around, don't even know, never even played rugby league before. Good enough to beat the fucking Penrith
1: Panthers. How's he responsible for the performance of his team? <laughs> Answer me that, smartass. <laughs> You're saying he had his chance and everything like that. He had his How's... chance.
2: He had his chance to back up his talk, but he didn't.
1: Tell me, did he get on TV? I didn't see him on the telecast. No, did I didn't. Yeah. Maybe it's only like Fox Games. I've had to
2: take my it's, TV Fox back.
1: Yeah, It's Fox Games that have put him on usually. I've had to take my TV back and I've
2: started watching uh, television via my iPhone, just so his enormous fucking head doesn't look like come appear into my uh, lounge room in life size.
1: Okay, Tiger underscore Benji, a.k.a. Tiger Benji. Six points in three weeks for the Mighty Tigers. Here comes that Premiership run we've been telling you all about.
2: Benji, exactly right, Benji, brother.
1: Benji. Exactly right. It's not right. you, it's Glenn that's been telling stories. He's trying to steal your thunder here, don't you see what's He's happening?
2: He's welcome, mate. He is oh. welcome. Jeez. Right up the front of my bandwagon that I built and created and have been peddling along solo all season. Got a little spot right up the front for Benny.
1: Look at that. Glenn is He's open a Little business. brother to me. Benji, if you open a peg business, him. Glenn will be your first customer. I love him like the brother I never had. All right. Next. Sunday night. Melbourne Storm, 38, pounded the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, at 6 in front of a crowd at of 16,231 people. And this one was a fucking ass-kicking from start to finish, but the Melbourne Storms, 38, came from tries to Maurice Blair, Ryan Hoffman, Kevin Proctor, Tohu Harris, Gareth Widdop, Justin O'Neill, Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, five of seven conversions, defeating the Sharks, consolation to Bo Ryan and Todd Carney with the conversion. Storm obviously started well, and, and really,
2: I think the Sharks, if they were going to be any hope of being competitive in this game, had to really themselves start well and hold on until there only any real hope, you know, with the, the amount of players backing up for Melbourne uh, and key players. Um, fatigue might have set in, given the, the fact that they'd played a, a fairly um, tough game on Wednesday night. Um, you would think that that might have been the Sharks' hope, but uh, Melbourne started way too well for them and went on with the job and it was 38 nil up until about the 78th minute. Barry Ryan got a bit of a consolation try. Um, and, and the Cronulla were never really in the game. Cooper Cronk. Um, schooled. Jeff Robson, you would say.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, Jeff Robson. I mean, just, name a player that hasn't schooled him. <laughs> Honestly. Scott Minto looks at Jeff Robson and goes, yeah. man, that guy's a shit player. I'm taking you to school. <laughs> um, K- Cam Smith
2: in his milestone game was very, very impressive. He's okay. He's pretty good. up. And, uh, look, as a, as, a, as a unit, Melbourne were very impressive all the way across the park. Um, probably should have been more. I think they backed off a little bit yeah. in the second half. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: look, they're up, they're up 28 shit at half time, So, I mean, they really, yeah, they really backed it off. I mean, 10-6 second half. But you have to remember as well that that Cronulla try came in about the 77th. I, mean, I mean, just it's
2: pretty, said 78th, but 78th, whatever.
1: Yeah, 70, yeah, it was very late in the piece. So, um, I just wonder if the toll of the
2: off-field stuff at Cronulla... Um, might be starting to hit. Um, you know, they as a club they exerted a lot of energy um just getting through and that it's sort of been pushed to the back burner for the moment and, and they had put some gritty sort of impressive performances together in the midst of it. But now that it's sort of on the back burner and and it's probably not top of mind anymore, I think yep. the fact that they did exert all that energy trying to deal with it and all the media attention um, and not to mention the or- origin representation as well. I think Fafita was pretty quiet backing up. Um, and, he, you know, Fafida, backing up... He was
1: he actually, he actually racked up some serious stats, though, too. In
2: this game? Yeah, he was pretty good still, yeah. He was solid. Just, he, you know, in the general flow of the game, and I must admit I didn't look at his stats. But, he wasn't rampaging. Yeah, he, he wasn't
1: rampaging line breaks and, you know,
2: that sort of stuff. For that the he's last been couple, of for months, couple of months, every game, yeah. you know, yeah. he's, he's certainly been, um, you know, prominent in the commentary as far as, you know, good things that he was doing. Um I just I just think it's it's all adding up for Canola and, and some of the performances of late um, you know, the way they started the season and, and you know, even some of the games that they'd lost earlier in the year they were they were very gritty, they were um very competitive, they held their own and, yep. and just got pipped by a better team on the day. But this one they were they were smashed right off the park. Um were never in the game from start to finish and um you know, time will tell over the next sort of month or so as to whether that is the case or whether these are just blips on the radar and they can start putting it together. But um, you know, for some of the things they've achieved in light of some pretty serious adversity this season, they they deserve to make the eight. Um, but too many more performances like this, and they'll uh, they'll they'll start a, a fairly yeah. rapid slide. Is this the first time they've been completely uh, blasted though this year? Um. I don't think they've had a school on yeah, like that. That's
1: not yeah, so let's hope it's not a trend of things to come. Okay. Once again, CA photo ten. Melbourne using Superman jerseys. Does that mean the does that make Kryptonite the new nickname for Ian Schubert? <laughs> uh Guide of Cheese A U. Did anyone bother to tell the refs that the Storm players aren't co workers anymore? <laughs> uh Hash yeah. Storm was sold. uh Jar T V. Unfortunately, someone seems to have reminded the Sharks that they are the Sharks. Yeah. NJBT. Sharks should have wore a General Zod-themed jersey tonight. Got hammered. Hash Superman puns. Oh, it's not really a pun, is it? CA photo 10 In keeping with the Superman theme, Cronulla played as well as Christopher Reeve in a karate tournament. That's horrendous. Yeah, I actually replied and said, I love that tweet. It's one of the best tweets I've ever read. But if it were me doing it, I would have said, Cronulla played as well as, as Christopher Reeve in an equestrian competition. <laughs> Fuck, you guys are going straight to hell. Hash, Sharks in decline. Fair call. And went the jerseys when they were actually on and everything, that's really conflicted, hey, because I reckon they look pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I They're thought pre- they did look great. They're cool looking jersey. I mean, it, it makes sense when you think about it, though. Like, a Superman sort of configuration does does lend itself well to the league because you can even you can do the whole texture and everything of whatever this version of Superman's, you know, costume's gonna be sure. and you know, just in the print. I mean it's something that, you know, lends itself to look really cool. Okay, Monday night foot bitch and the Canberra Raiders, thirty, defeated the Brisbane Broncos eighteen. Uh crowd of just over ten thousand or just under ten and a half thousand, let's give him full credit. Um, and let me tell you it looked absolutely fucking freezing out there to the point where he had people sending us pictures from outside the ground and they like doing ice sculptures and shit. Yeah. Fucking cold. And I the mean, sun was out. Yeah. Credit credit to uh, to, to the Raiders uh, fans who turned out in that kind of weather because that's uh, just ridiculous. Um, the Raiders 30 points came from tries to Josh McCrone, Joel Thompson, Jared Croker, Edric Lee, Joel Edwards and conversions. Five conversions there for Jared Croker and the Broncos. They had uh, tries to Scott Prince, Matt Gillett, Oh, I still hate that Mitchell Dodds and uh, Scott Prince three conversions. Now that you know, we just mentioned the
2: conditions down there, and and it's only going to get worse over the next month or so. Um, you know, as we head right into the to the teeth of winter. Yep. Um, this is Raiders' chance to to really build their run home, which we've seen them do in past years as well, when they've made the finals, um, winning at home when teams really are going to struggle with these conditions, um, especially teams like the Broncos. Um, I don't know what their run home is like, but...
1: Um, I don't think it matters.
2: Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, this is a time of year where, you know, if it's going to be one of those years for Canberra, this is where they'll start to turn it on. Yep. Um And I don't know if it's a mental thing or if it's got absolutely fuck all to do with the conditions and they just, you know, this is where they tend to click. But um, is starting to really hit his stride. I think his match fitness Man, is... In is the half really in the first half
1: especially, he fucking
2: carved them, eh? Yeah yeah um strolled through on a couple of occasions um looked very very strong um his confidence in his knee he said to himself it was uh it was getting you know was getting up there again and um I've got to say for the broncos this this scoreline could have been a lot worse and um just right at the moment and given the their last couple of performances and and you know some of the games earlier this season as well, and the games that they've lost, they've looked a real shadow of the club that so many have worked so hard to build. Um, I think they're, they're really. We said when we were talking about Barber going there, they're really crying out for a superstar, um, someone that gives them that that real X factor or or that level of play. That you know they've got some some internationals and some Origin players in the squad and um, some very very solid first graders, but there's it's a bit like. You know, and Broncos fans won't like to hear this, but it's a bit like the Dragons. You know, yeah. like they don't have someone to come in like Dugan, yeah, and and really add that extra factor. And that's probably a good way to highlight it. Um, you know, Dragons fans are Dragons fans, and Broncos fans are Broncos fans, and you know, not saying that anything against either side, but they they're they're solid. Come on. You know, on, and they're solid something. and they're good enough to, to put some wins on the board. And they were certainly good enough to beat the West Tigers before the, the Tigers realised that they were a team of destiny um, and, and started their march to the premiership. But um, you know, they just lacked that sort of Dugan-type player to come in. And, um, and you know, when the chips are down or when the opportunities are there for the taking, they, they put their stamp on the game. Um, and it's part of the reason why I think if... if but Barber does move on. Move on. I think the Broncos will pull out all the stops to get him. And um, you know these sorts of games, they're just uncompetitive. They their fans, as you can tell, you've got a real good gauge of it on Twitter. Um, they're worried about what you know the next rest of this season and yeah. and looking forward. You know there doesn't look to be a whole heap of recruitment happening. Um, there's not a lot of talk out of the club as to what their plans are to you know. To make them, the, the, you know, a real force to be
1: reckoned with in the competition. So we're coming into a unique time in Broncos history. I think we really are. It probably is the first time they've had to deal with this sort of uh, stuff. Even when they had player drain and stuff like that previously, you had Wayne Bennett, and you know, you could kind of trust him to, and the system, you know, with Cyril, you know, bringing up. And there was
2: always dancers. a kid. There was always a kid coming yeah. through that you were like, okay, well, he'll be the next.
1: And one. now, and now, you know, I think you know because they were so successful for so long. I think now that the chickens are coming home to roost a little bit as far as the kids are concerned because, you know, they're losing ones that they don't, you know, in first grade like, you know, Corey Norman who doesn't feel like he's getting the opportunities mm. that, you know, he deserves and they're losing the ones, you know, in lower grades, you know, think of the players that they have passed on, in, you know, in, in the, you know, back in the days, like guys like, you know, Barber, mm. um, you know, Matt Ballin told flat out by Wayne Bennett that he wouldn't be a first grader and he goes on to win two comps and plays and for it Queensland. just goes to show what a good judge Wayne Bennett is. Yeah, pretty fucking senile, hey? Um and, I mean, and Cherry Evans, I mean, like, his old man Troy, uh, you know, pretty much said, look, you know, he's a kid, he's a, he's a good one, um, you know, you should give him a shot, and they like, flat out, no. And, uh, you yeah, know, same situation for the Cowboys as well, which is why, if you ever hear anything about Cherry Evans going to the Broncos, if it's like ridiculous, the family won't fucking allow it, because they've got a long memory. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's, and we could go on tons more guys that, you know, gone through the Broncos system, and somehow, you know, wound up, like, you know, gay guy, I mean, admittedly, he was, you know, kind of forced their hand, given their tough code of conduct. But that's another guy that's, you know, killed it since he left, and you know, so. And can you imagine? Yeah, put put gay guy on their side. Instant spark compared to what they got now. I mean, he's not like a Dugan or anything, but he's he's fucking good. Again, they've they've
2: got their hearts set on guys like Jack Reed, um, and Gillett, and people like that. And Gillett is a quality player. He's an Origin player. Um, he's a great player
1: he's not the he's not the fucking he's not the problem with the problem with Matt Gillette (laughs) is that when he's got to play out as a centre and that sort of thing Hmm. he's not putting up against a a good centre with footwork you know like Matt made him look stupid you know at the start of the year
2: he's a back rower a fringe running back rower and and, and and a good one a very good one a good defender Um, but you know they've got Jack Reed out there in the centres who's
1: a a Ranger, like a Ranger back rower playing centre he's got nothing (laughs)
2: Gutsy, gutsy player. No soul, um, no
1: talent. Nothing much to speak of, really. That's very harsh. He's a ranger. He's got no soul. It's a scientific fact. They proved I, I, it in the study. I
2: just hope that, you know, the, the fans that left with 15 to go in that Warriors games, excuse me, um, you know, there's got to be a little bit more engagement as far as the fans go, given, given the Broncos' history, yeah. you know, when they, when they are having a bit of a down patch. Um, you know, it doesn't get any easy for them next week either.
1: Doesn't okay. Um, Arabish Chaos, nothing to say other than hash Broncos in decline. S. Berulius, it's interesting that the opposite to rally is decline. Wave that decline towel, Broncos. <laughs> Mr. Bowles, the Eels are playing much better in their second game of the weekend than they did in their first. Hash blue and yellow, and that's another thing. I mean, uh, yeah, the jerseys. I was watching on the iPad on uh, Foxtel Go, so you know, to me, just you know, I wasn't looking at it on the big TV, but yeah, they're very Parramatta-ish. Their jerseys,
2: very much so. Was
1: there, was there anything said about what the what the rationale was, or was there any particular occasion why it had to be that way?
2: Um, well, they were a commemorative jersey for a hundred years of um, uh, of Canberra, but yeah. um, I don't know what symbolism the colours had.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a hundred years of Canberra, so we'll dress them up like the Eels. <laughs> Well, that's good because yeah generally I'm watching on the iPad I'm not really listening to the volume that much um, okay Todd H 1987 who's come out of the woodwork I mean this guy we've been both of us have been to Broncos games with this guy where he's wearing a Broncos jersey but now but he's a he's a Canberra fan at heart and he just wears a Broncos jersey so when he's sitting with Cruzy and the bros
2: quite, anyway, quite frankly he'd probably wear the shirt that he won if we
1: send yeah. it to him well, who's we what man I mean, you got the shirts we just send him the damn fucking shirt hey yeah, I've got to organise that embroidery. She's oh, okay. proving a little bit of a sticking point. Okay, <laughs> just fucking get yourself a needle and thread, and go son. <laughs> Jeez, Milford's going to be an awesome player in the next few years. My two thousand and fourteen revelation prediction. Fuck, he's got some feet on him, that kid. Yeah, he's he's good, but I mean, does revelation? I mean, he probably can't be revelation next season because uh, to be an existing player, you'd have to play so far above a lot of other players. To get that kind of revelatory, just, thing. he's
2: just—he's got that um, bit of a Benji feel about him. When Benji first came into first grade, and he was hopping and skipping and stepping, and and players couldn't lay a hand on him. But then all of a sudden, people wake up to him. And he's got to come up with new tricks, and that's a, the challenge for young players like that. One yep. uh, you know, One Benji, that Benji couldn't on, achieve. Well, Benji went on to become the, the the best player in the world, and and remains so to this day. But um, you know, it, it remains to be seen with a young Milford's uh, any chance of doing anything remotely
1: like that. <sighs> Ah popsh, slamming Sam more like turnstile thie. Day at J Stib, it's hard being a Brisbane Broncos supporter when the team looks unhappy and uninterested, no mongrel and not playing for each other.
2: Yeah, their defence. You know, say what you want about their attack and their lack of combination in the halves at the moment, but their defence is generally a good gauge of
1: where they're at and the. Fuck, they made some ground. Mate, that first that first half was terrible. I mean, 24 6 at half time, and I mean, it, it was 24 0 until probably the like, 39th minute, 39th and a half minute. Uh, Hammers. Finally, the blue and gold army have something to cheer about. Hash Broncos in decline. And you know what? Para fans probably would have latched onto that too, just I think me. so. JR underscore Buff said, How good are the tough times, Brisbane Broncos fans? <laughs> He's got hash Kearney curse. <laughs> uh, Mr. Sports 83. Great win for Raiders, overcoming a 9-3 penalty count in favor of the Broncos, plus some awful non-calls against the Raiders. Uh, Eddie NZ, a better second half from the Broncos, but still need to improve to be close to competitive. Far too many brain fades in defense. Uh, Mup23, he's quiet this week, but he came in, of course, to kick the Broncos. uh, The Queensland Reds are about to get a massive spike in their attendances. Hash (laughs) shit fans. And Cruzy06, I'm no stats person, but the Bronx will need to win seven out of the remaining 11 games to get into the top eight. Hash doable. Hash don'table. Fucking hell. Hash hey, shut the fuck up. Hash Broncos are well and truly in decline, and there have been people actually saying, you know, look, we would want a Broncos in decline shirt too. So you may, you know, we may have to start a new a new company called In Decline Industries or something. You can just make <laughs> shirts for all 16 fucking clubs. Previews for the 2013 Telstra Premiership, round 14, and it's uh, back to a full round this week. Yes. Which is good because these short rounds suck dick. Okay, kicking off Friday Night Football, the St. George Illawarra Dragons taking on the North Queensland Cowboys in Wollongong. Jeez, the Cowboys declining like they are. Dragons are a better side at the moment. Good win in enemy territory against the Knights. Cowboys not traditionally great travellers. Do we tip St. George for this game?
2: Yeah, I, I think so. I, You know, no um Matty Bowen for the Cowboys, and I think uh, the Dugan factor again for the Dragons. Playing at home is probably going to be uh, enough to get him over the line.
1: You know, G- Greenshields actually goes okay.
2: He's actually played okay. Yeah. He did. He was probably one of the standouts for the Cowboys last week.
1: Probably better than Matty Bowen at his best. Oh, fuck, that's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they got right so I'll, I'll never tip the Cowboys while they name exactly. that. I'm surprised basher. I don't make Robert Louis
2: captain. Such
1: is his uh, symbolism within that club. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's the captain of their demise. Um, Okay, so we both agree that's going to be the Dragons. Definitely. And and just watch the Dragons fucking play like idiots and disappoint us again. Um, Okay, the mighty Manly Seagulls taking on the Bulldogs at Brookvale Oval. What a great game. I wanted to go down for this one. Um, Okay, so Manly, the Manly side, uh, Glenn Stewart's named in first grade. In, the, in the, the run side, So you be tipping against the Eagles? Yeah, then? pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, mainly, yeah, as per the program. Um, I love James Hassan in there at 14. Dude is a gun, and I think he's going to be a, uh, a real star of the future. What position? He's a back row,
2: Okay, because you're short of back rolls. Um, be a good test for the Bulldogs going into... To very very hostile territory at Brookvale Oval Um, you know when they're they're trying to to show each and every you know show everyone all and sundry that they're on the upward slide um, or upward climb as it were I don't know I think it's a bit early for them I don't think they're quite there yet and I don't think they're at a level where they can really um, get over the top of the Eagles I think they'll be competitive I think their forwards will be um, tough for Manly to deal with but I just think um, when you put them in the trenches, Manly's toughness and their grit, will, you know, given where the Bulldogs are at right at this point in time, I think Manly probably just squeeze out a win here.
1: If it gets close, for fuck's sake, throw the kicking tee to Cherry. <laughs> if they're out wide. Um, but yeah, oh jeez, I hope Glenn Stewart learns how to play this week and you know, be the Glenn Stewart that we know and love. Um, okay, where are we? Canberra Raiders taking on the Penrith Panthers down there at the fucking Winterfell. <laughs> Canberra Stadium down there, Bruce. Um, okay, so Panthers coming off, you know, possibly the most disappointing loss a team could come off. Come off. Uh, Raiders, you know, some good results. You know, good touch up of the Broncos, which you know everyone everyone enjoys. You know, just rugby league fans enjoy that stuff. Um, I think the Panthers, you know, they'll be buoyed. They'll be
2: uh, they'll gain confidence from the fact that they were competitive against the inevitable 2013 Premiers. Um, and, you know, they'll probably want to show the Raiders and say, look, you know, you've got to play those blokes next week. We'll give you, you know, we'll just give you a bit of a touch-up, prepare you for them so you don't feel too left down, you don't want to go in playing the West Tigers on two straight wins. Um, so we'll give you a bit of a touch-up this week. And and uh, I think uh, realistically, Penrith, no fucking hope whatsoever in this game. And I think... Canberra will fucking. Canberra going to win by a billion. The only issue, as far as you know, I'll I'll definitely give him give him the advantage, given that we are at they they are going to play at Canberra Stadium. I I think maybe
1: backing up from Monday night football. Um, Yeah, that's always a factor, and it is a short turner, and they are playing on the early game on the Saturday too. So yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that that is one, you know, okay, i agree that's an issue. The other issue is uh, this whole salary cap second tier thing going on with the Panthers mm. at the moment. Um, they're a much better side with Moylan, you know, there's no, oh, sure. no, there's absolutely no, uh, you know, mistake or no coincidence that, you know, the, their winning streak, which includes some very good wins, you know, all occurred with Moylan in the side. mm star of the future, star of now, really. Uh, so if they can somehow yeah, work that situation out and get him back into the side, or perhaps you know get Wes Nagama to, to tank with a, you know, a fake injury or something, yeah, who knows. But, um, yeah, I think the, the of I'm
2: still having to lean towards the Raiders, to be I'm, honest. I'm,
1: I don't think the Raiders can lose that game, and I mean, I, that probably means the they're going to lose. But um, next, the Sharkies taking on the Eels, the traditional Vuvuzela matchup. At it's Chuck getting is, towards
2: that time of year, or, you know, around Origin time. Um, you know, players backing up, players, you know, playing under duress and a bit of fatigue. Um, you get these sorts of games with shit teams playing one another and 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 putting out. You know, sometimes you get two negatives and they and they can add up to a to a positive game and entertaining match, but. in the, then you get two teams like this that just suck the life out of one another. If it's
1: raining, I'll make a confident position. If it's raining on Saturday in Sydney, this game is going to be absolute shit. I think the Sharks will win, regardless of how good or bad the game is.
2: I think they've got too much talent yeah. for power.
1: Sharks, Sharks will win. I mean, you can see there's a number of players inside in the uh, the the Parramatta side that have been given their marching orders. Jared Hayne's not there. Obviously, he's got that injury going on. Um, Rennie Matua has found, you know, found time to, you know, slap a Tampax on and get back out in the field. So good for him. Um, I think that the Sharks will be smarting after that, so that clash against the Storm as well. Sure. The Eels, yes, they sort of worked themselves up for, to give a reasonable account of themselves against the Roosters, but they went now 13 plus. This time, no Hayne. I mean, that is definitely taking their best player out of the side. Exactly. And, as a result, I just think, yeah, no good. South Sydney Rabbitohs are taking on the Gold Coast Titans in Cairns oh, wow. on Sunday, two p.m. Referee Matt Churchin Enjoy that, fans of both sides. And we look at the sides. Well, Origin stars are back. South are going to be looking as good as they're ever going to look.
2: Yeah, Oh South. I think South will uh, hit the ground running again and 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 fucking kill the Titans. Yeah, the, T- the, the conditions might have an effect. Yeah, but still... Bit,
1: at this time of year, I don't think it's going to be crazy. I mean, it'll just be Is nice it wet up season up
2: there? Or
1: does it get wet no, later in the probably, season? Isn't that more in the summer, sort of. Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, given that it's, you know, getting towards, you know, the middle of winter, the temperature's going to be nice. I mean, if this was played in March, you'd say there's a definite advantage to a Queensland side, but mm. uh, given the time of year, I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue. Yeah. Um, you know, but definitely the plus. The Titans have had, you know, for the first half of the season, the Titans have had a charmed run in terms of draw, you know, barely playing top four sides um, so, honestly, I think it's about to co- all come crashing down for them. They've got internal uh, destabilizing forces uh, in the in the form of uh, Searle and uh, losing, you know, their, uh, their their old followers, you know, David Mays. Mm. So, yeah, I think they're going to get slaughtered up here by South. South so we will enjoy having all these guys back in the side. And uh, I think Ingalls will be uh, looking to redeem himself for a non-existent performance in the Origin. <laughs> Been thinking about it for a week and a half. Okay, Melbourne Storm taking on the Newcastle Knights down there at Amy Park, Melbourne. Once again, all their origin players in tow with an extra week's rest under their belt. So, you know, no doubt they're going to feel better for that. The Knights, you know, they're playing that dour brand of... Bennett ball. Not many points scoring football. (laughs) And against the Melbourne Storm down there in Melbourne... That shit ain't going to fly. No. Nah. So I just... I, I I think they'll put more points on the Knights than they did on the Sharks.
2: Yeah, gay guy on the side, which is interesting. And Joey Lailua, partners
1: in the centres. Yep, yep. And, uh, yeah, I I mean, I can't really see a way for the Newcastle Knights to get home in this game and win it. But That's um, because there isn't one, Nathan. Yeah, and the Storm, you know, I'm not going to say they're back yet, but... You know, if they did that to the Sharks down there, I mean, what are they going to do with these guys? <laughs> exactly. 13, 13 plus. Yeah, 13 30 plus. plus. Get it on your multi. And Monday night. Oh, no, so We've got another Sunday Sunday game. My mistake. Sydney Roosters taking on the New Zealand Warriors at Allianz. So, New Zealand Warriors, big test. It's an away game for them. They've done well at home recently, um, knocking over Knights and Manly. And, you know, I just don't know if they're going to get the Roosters at home, though. Um
2: yeah, I think the Warriors, their, their little bit of a run ends here. I think the Roosters were a little bit disappointing in patches last week, but still got the win, and um, they're probably looking forward to putting a much more positive performance together. I think they match up fairly well against the Warriors. Um, and, you know, Maloney at 5'8", is probably going to be the difference. I think uh, Pearce and Johnson probably even each other out a little bit. Uh, the forward packs are, are quite well matched. Um, the Sonny Bill factor and, and James Maloney will probably be enough to get the Roosters home. Yep, I'd say
1: so. I'm looking for an improved performance from Sonny Bill. He's been a bit quiet lately. The last couple of weeks. Maybe a yeah. fire up against the Kiwis. Sure. Okay, and finally, Monday Night footbridge: the Brisbane Broncos taking on the West Tigers at Suncorp Stadium. This will be three
2: Monday night games in a row for the Broncos. Yep. Um, so no short turnaround for them, and a little bit of extra rest for the Tigers, which will do them good, given the, the state of some of their players, but um, Blake Ashford comes into the centres, um, Joel Reddy shifts out to the wing, um, Benji Marshall captains the side, pretty solid looking squad for the Tigers, um, Broncos is pretty much the same squad that was, was thumped Monday night, and, and will probably... <laughs> be uh, getting a repeat dose against the West Tigers who are in the midst of a, a pretty impressive two-match winning streak um, and we're looking to uh, continue that dominance.
1: Broncos embarrassed at home in their last outing and the Warriors put, you know, 56 points on them in disgraceful performance from the Broncos. They're not going to want to be embarrassed like that in front of, you know, what's likely to be a, a really meagre home crowd for Monday night. Um, you know, their fans don't like to travel on Mondays and certainly not into the city. Um, Broncos, you know, if they don't want to, if, you know, if they don't want to, you know, vie with the Cowboys for a spoon, it's time to start pulling the finger out and doing a bit, doing something. And you know, no better chance against the very very undermanned side in the in the West Tigers. Uh, there's you know, virtually no no experience out there in that back line. If the Broncos can't take advantage of that with guys like Justin Hodges. Fuck, what's the good of them? They may as well just fucking relocate the franchise to Perth. We'll be fine, mate.
2: West Tigers. Thirteen plus. I'm going to go on a limb. I think the Tigers are really going to come into their own in this game, led by Benji Marshall, um, and uh, they should pile on the points. We do it now for and against a good, uh, a good service. I hope you do. I'll
1: put ten bucks on the on the Tigers thirteen plus, and I'll be able to pay off my mortgage if that comes. Up. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Broncos are going to fucking win it easily. They're not. They're not going to allow it to happen. Trust me. That is full time for episode 124. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League or on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash thisweekinleague. So make sure you hit the like button and share the posts as we put them up and help us spread the good word. iTunes, no reviews this week again. I don't know what's going on there. i inclined to say, look, listen, best review next week. you we know even give him a shirt or something. How about that? Or a shout out on the show. Saying, well, every review good review gets, every review gets a shout out <laughs> you know you gotta, raise the, you gotta raise the bar on that shit um, fantasy football Dane Laurie for PM has come back to the top of the group this week by 37 points which is a pretty small margin El shows Dopers go back to second again and what else we got the top 10 Mighty Bulldogs Cerberus Sherwood Scorpions Ross's Rascals Seagull Assassins MC Willie Blocked Toto's Terrors and Greendale Goblins in the top ten. And uh my guys uh crept up a little bit further as well, which is good. Okay, um I had a fucking great round this week. One thousand one hundred and twenty seven in a you know, uh buy affected round. Jesus. Second second highest score in the top thirty in our comp, I think. Very impressive. I certainly am. Okay, Tippy, Tipping. <laughs> <laughs> tipping. The Real Jedi maintains his lead of four points despite only getting four this week. It was a pretty tough week for tipping. I mean, it was fours and fives pretty much across the board, except maybe for you, you might have got a zero. Um, so he's on 76 on top. Then we've got Voodoo Rock on 72, Lynn 72, Williams 277 on 72, Animal NZ on 72. Then we go back to number six, Desi's Ducks on 71, Aussie 11198 on 71, Boxcar Jason on 71. Then we go back to 70 for position 9, which is Shell Geddes, and 10, Troy Schroeder, also on 70. So, um, I wish I had got him all right this week, so I probably would put myself in the top 10. I'm just knocking on the door. Okay, I didn't look where you were this week, but I'm just going to assume you're last-ish. You must be getting close. Yeah, because you you've been second last for a fair while. I mean, are you trying to come dead last now, or are you going to at least try and beat Kyle? I mean, fancy losing to Kyle twice in two years. Yeah, it's... It's not my finest moment, I have to say. My finest two moments. It's crazy. Two years in a row. One,
2: you know, I'll give myself one. And this year too. Give myself one pass, but two years in a row is a little bit, a little bit embarrassing. I have to say, to to lose to someone that's got absolutely no knowledge of rugby league or life in general, and if you should pass away, and I'll put your tips in.
1: Seriously, (laughs) it's not going to happen. Um, Dude, at the moment you're not getting anything. I mean, I will be. Like, surely you get price for last i I guarantee you five. I guarantee you. I five might pick of, up a shirt. I guarantee you minimum five of eight a week. Piece off, mate. I might. I'm,
2: like, I'm open to pick up a
1: free shirt. Oh, something. Okay, cool. It'll be a shirt that has like yeah, hash gronk on it. And next, <laughs> On the back, it'll be like
2: written you know, in though, text, because text. you say and,
1: fucking tight. And, and on the back, it'll say kick me. <laughs> okay. And of course, we still have stock. 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 <laughs> Our Stock. Pop stock. Our <laughs> Our Says <pops. laughs> we still have some stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby cool. So hit up this week in league dot com forward slash shop because we are clearing stuff out. Um, Revela- I can't remember what the limited stock of the Revelation shirt was. I think it's from sizes medium through XL, with uh, most of them residing in the medium. No, maybe small through XL, with most of them being. Large and medium we should probably right? check that out, yeah, but there's like I think there's six or under in every in, in all those sizes left, so I mean they 're starting to run out now, um, and they're half priced so twenty bucks, and we uh, also if you spend over fifty bucks, we'll throw in a stubby cooler for free, so can't wait to get these other shirts going uh, the one in a row New South Wales shirt that design is going to happen whether the shirt goes ahead or not of course <laughs> it depends entirely upon the New South Wales state of or origin side mm-hmm. but um, I want to have the design done before the second origin game so in the event that they win 2-0 uh, after two games that it can be sort of out there and geez it'd be great if I could get them back for the dead rubber if they could go 2-0 up so uh, you keep living in fantasy land there brother <sighs> But it wouldn't be funny if it happened like that. That would just show the power that we have over the fucking, like the rugby league pulse, the cosmos. I like it. Just manipulating the aura of rugby league to suit (laughs) our own fucking end. (laughs) So, that's it. Got anything else to add this week?
2: Oh, I just can't wait to see the Tigers add to their winning streak. Um, shutting people up week by week and um, you know what by the time, they, time, they by the they time October here? comes around it'll be a bunch of fucking mutes listening to this show no one will have anything to say and I right, look forward planning, to you it
1: plan, are you planning on killing them all
2: no no just by way of the Tigers performances they'll just shut people up every week everyone Tigers in decline all this bullshit it's going to stop October
1: premiers. Tigers have end to finish story. worse than 10th to get rid of the, the Tigers Tigers in decline <laughs> hashtag <laughs> And that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Tenth or lower, and it perpetrates for another year. See you next week. <laughs> See ya. Was
0: it seventy points? We're right up by halftime. Granny, seventy points. Yeah. We've lost by three. Go and fuck yourself, fellas. not I could rant and rave. I could rant and rave, but... I realised today that I'm coaching a shit football team. Today... Today's the day... Not the day the teddy bears had their picnic. It was the day... It was the day that I realised I was coaching a bunch of blokes that aren't there. Physically... I don't think we're there. Mentally, I don't think we're there. And it's doing my fucking head in. I put the fucking time in each way. I'll get Fano to do the videos. I'll get bananas. I'll get lollies. I'll get Solo. Shut the fucking Solo up your ass! Seriously! Don't open the can. Shut up your fucking ass! fucking sick of it. Each week, I put in till there's no more to fucking put. I put in and I'm sick of it. Ben Kilday, you've had 55 touches. Where's the fucking hardball, you redhead cunt? Tamo! Don't know if I like you. I love you, but do you love playing footy? Morrow I'll back you to the hills every week cause I've got you I've got you and I fucking love you. but get your fucking go you cunt you fucking us a game go and root your fucking mother cause you're shit and we've lost and you can all guys fuck yourself, and next year I'm catching St. Albans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices.